So thank you for coming over. First of all, what makes my, yeah, my life a lot easier. Um, just so, you know, setup is what it is. Mike's right there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, your famous hacking cough mute button, uh, uh right there. It, it's, it's the giant red one. Uh, so you can hit it with the side of your fist. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I guess if you see sort of a, uh, sinewy, uh, fleshy monster crawling around on the ceiling, not really anything to worry about. Mm, now I gotta, I gotta, what are, what is that? What are you talking about? A sinewy, fleshy monster crawling on the ceiling. You pr it probably won't even come up because it the, it's actually very personal to me. Oh, okay. Uh, it's me he wants, so uh, I wouldn't worry too much. Oh, so are are you going to like if if this fleshy, sinewy monster comes out? Are you, do you have to like dip, or are you going to be able to finish the episode? Well, okay. So this has been going on for a while, okay, and it seems to respond to um, certain cues mm. from me emotionally okay um so i think i'm starting to figure out how to defeat it oh um and and listen i'm not i'm not even that worried because it's kind of like it's not very it doesn't seem very powerful the one okay. time it cornered me and just kind of smacked me in the back of the head and then walked away oh um, it's more like a so i think anything <laughs> kind of yeah but gross and scary looking right um i think what's happening Mm -hmm. I think this monster is actually a kind of metaphor uh, for um, my memory of the time I watched the movie The Boogeyman. Oh, uh, you got so it, you got like a you got a, a monster hanging around around your apartment. Yes, based because like I, because you watch the movie The Boogeyman. Yeah, I can't shake the memory, uh, the feeling of the sound getting really loud oh and my what god that did to me emotionally and the, right and then because i i've heard about it. i haven't seen it i don't have a monster in my apartment wait don't move ow i uh, got yeah gotcha <laughs> he gotcha but look he's going away yeah so right. i think when by the time we're done talking about the movie the monster should be gone Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. So, so we we have to talk about them. We have to process the movie, and then maybe the monster will just sort of go away on its own. Yeah. Uh, I think we talk about the movie and then burn my apartment down, and that's how you solve your problems. Yeah. All right. Sound well, good? Let's let's get going then. Let's get through it. All right. This week on King Me, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. This is the Boogeyman. King, King me. me, King moi. Ah, uh, how do you say welcome in French? Ah, qu'est-ce que c'est? I don't know. No, no. <laughs> That's not anyway, how you say it. Uh, Je m'appelle of this podcast is King Me. It is the official Stephen King movie podcast for now. It's the official podcast of King Me yeah. for the time being. <laughs> it's the official podcast of uh maybe uh maybe the monster is more than just a monster uh -huh. but at the same time k 
killed with fire. <laughs> it is the official podcast of almost being done talking about Stephen Ooh. King movies, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. To think when uh, when we were 12 years old and 31 <laughs> years old, respectively, Thank when you. we started this podcast. Right. Did you ever suspect? No. And I just have to say, it has been an absolute pleasure and a joy to watch you grow up into the man that you are today, uh, married, uh, dealing with trauma monsters. (laughs) For now. For now. I think... um, New shoes. (laughs) That's a little little bleed over from the Tuesday show. Um, We... We have dealt with several trauma monsters, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Um, well, I bring, I'll bring up the list. You, you keep going. Okay. Um, this, this trauma monster is familiar to us. Mm. As I said, we are talking about the Boogeyman. Duh, Boogeyman. Duh, Boogeyman, which we've covered extensively as an IP up to this point. Right. Um. In we've we discussed the short story and its dollar baby adaptations. R.I.P. the dollar baby program, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we we've talked talk about, about that it, yet. No. Oh, oh, and we also we have a, a review to read. Also, right. Oh yes, we do. You want to do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. You want to do that? I'll bring that up. Yep. Okay. So yes. If you, by the way, if you want to leave us a review and hear us read it here on the program. Go to the podcast app of your choosing. I guess Apple Podcasts. Right? Yeah. That's got to be the one of your choosing. I don't think you can on other ones. Uh, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you can on like uh, like Spotify or anything. Right? I don't consider that my business. That's what Spotify my... is? That? Yeah. Yeah. Or just knowing how this all goes. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm the talent, babe. <laughs> right. Of course. Um, all right, so uh, this uh, rating and review is from JB Del Taco, um, and it's five stars. Johnny Bravo Del Taco, interesting. Thank you. And it says, King Me Saved My Marriage. Uh, this is a nice. true story. My wife and I now greet each other each evening with the following questions. How was your day? And where's Slimer? Even the worst days at work are made better with this routine. <laughs> All our best, Steve and Tabitha King. Uh, uh, doesn't that just warm your heart it, to it hear from? warms the cockles of my heart, Dan. Your heart has cockles? Yeah. Wow. This podcast won't be... We, I guess we're wrapping up, huh? I know oh, because all of the cockles jammed up in my yeah. heart? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patreon's going to turn into a GoFundMe for your your cockle um, plasty. Yeah. Ectomy. <laughs> um, so uh, that was really nice. Thank you, JB Del Taco. Uh, Thank you very much. Hey, by the way, Tabitha King. Yeah. And I can say this now, but as of the recording of this show, uh-huh. was the answer to a New York Times crossword puzzle clue oh. only a couple days ago. Stephen King's wife. <laughs> uh, Tabitha. Mm. No, it was author of 
and then the names of two books she's written. Ooh. Which, that's one of those ones I got by filling in all the acrosses that yeah. it <laughs> intersected with. Yeah. Did, was and it the full name? Was it Tabitha King? It was just Tabitha, mm. mm-hmm. I think. I think. It may have been, like, King Who Wrote, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ain't Steven, I'll tell you that much. Um, well, that's that's great. That's um, um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this this is me. You know what this is? This is me stringing along like the people who uh, pop this show on because mm-hmm. they've listened to like every episode of the other of like the King Cast or something. Yeah, they're like, I need more. Right. And th- this is for the people who will eventually be like, they were not reverent enough of Stephen King. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm being like, you're trying to be, they're, they're like, Oh, this guy, this guy plays the the crossword. Yeah. This guy. And he knows Tabitha. Uh, all right. Oh. I'll keep listening. I'll give it another 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, but he's not familiar with her oeuvre. Buh. Her oeuvre. Yeah. Um, Happy New Year, guys. It's 2024. Happy, happy freaking New Year. What's your resi? Uh, just to fucking... You know, I, you know what I've been thinking? I'm like, you know what? 2023? That was a bad year. Not not great. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. Could have been better. Um, this coming year, 2024, I also don't think is going to be all that great. But 2025... Oh, you you think if you start planning now, yeah. you can sort of like it's like if you're piloting a large ship, you have to turn by like mere degrees, yes. you know, a mile in advance. Exactly. Yeah. Um I don't yeah. I have to churn uh churn? I I do. I have to churn turn it and burn it. I have to <laughs> I have to turn this plane around. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh 2024 is a loss leader. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's an election year, which means everybody is just going to go crazy. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> and we have dear. just the the oldest, worst candidates. <laughs> it really, it's, <laughs> I was reminded of, uh, so I've been like watching ahead on Twin Peaks a little bit. How dare you? Go on. A couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. Nothing crazy. I'll still be in character on the Tuesday show being like, I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, no, the I, I saw the the scene where the mayor and his brother get in like a big dumb argument. Two <laughs> old men screaming at each other. Yeah. And we have that to look forward to. Yeah. It's going to be like, I mean, you know, what's probably going to suck is like, we're not going to get the theatrics of like, Debates, yeah, like night, like the Biden camp is not gonna do that. Sure, <laughs> right. We might see. I feel like Trump might run without a VP, and then they'll just like. I really do, and well, then like if he's whoever, even allowed to run, uh, like they're taking his name off of ballots in states. They just. I just saw that they put it back on. Oh, really? Colorado. Or it's like it's it's on pending like a Supreme Court ruling oh so they can't that's like the only way it'll get taken off i guess oh well, um and- by the time this comes out something crazy may have happened <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but <laughs> right uh this comes out on january 5th 
Oh, uh, one day just under the wire. Just under I see. the wire. <laughs> so uh, we have that to look forward to. I thank mm. God also because I I have things going on on the the six that I have to <laughs> yeah busy celebrate busy busy and, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cashing in all those travel points on your <laughs> yeah your small business credit card. That's right. I have to yeah. take a, a Amtrak train. <laughs> the only way to travel, in yeah. my opinion. Um. So your your res your New Year's resi. My New Year's resi is to just uh, you know, take it turn easy, and burn. Man. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna take it easy. I, okay. My you know I gotta hit the gym. I got to start pumping iron. Um, you're gonna. You're not gonna sweat the small stuff or the big stuff. No, I'm gonna try not to sweat anything. I'm gonna try not to gym. sweat at all. Even at the gym. Even at the gym. You're gonna show up wrapped in saran wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything I wear will be, uh, yeah, moisture wicking. Maybe. Yes, I will wear. Yeah, just uh, cover yourself in gold paint. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's your New Year's resolution, Dan? My new, my only resi is to the finest fucking steakhouse in the city, babe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Actually, I think yeah. it's sort of similarly, similarly, just like Grin and Barrett. Grin and um, Barrett. Um, yeah, I've been been going to the gym and. Mm-hmm. This is about the time of year where I start to like fall off, you know, like I do. Right. I have like a great run from like fall into winter. And yeah. Then once the once the year turns, I start to slip. So I'm trying to like trying to power through that, trying to be different. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, also, as you know, I'm moving soon. So yep. that's uh, that's I, I think uh, this is a short term resolution, but just like get shit packed in time yeah simple as you know nothing Uh crazy totally um if you need boxes let me know i have boxes actually yeah i do all right yeah we bought some and i was like those are too expensive i know people nobody wants to answer on facebook marketplace i know and fucking amazon's just giving boxes away with every package and and you're sitting there you know like these things are worth money this is gold here <laughs> not my not my sorry ass not my neurodivergent ass trying to pack my belongings in one of those little bubbled pouches they <laughs> uh yeah i think uh for this new year dan i'm going to be kinder to myself i okay i you know the last 40 or so years i've really been <laughs> Kicking my ass, you know. Yep, yep. That is like I. It is um. You know, and we'll get to the the boogeyman. No, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna get to the the metaphor for trauma. The boogie Just, monster's coming. Yeah, yeah don't you worry. But for now, I want to talk about uh, a literalism of trauma. Uh huh. Like we're doing right now. You're talking about how you're beating yourself up for forty years. Yeah. You know all the um, all the intrusive thoughts, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. You know? I say you got it's you just like it's funny when you're you know it doesn't work so just you just try something else right what it's like what the intrusive thoughts like the beating myself well up? the yeah the be, the beating yeah. up of the self sure it's like, no it doesn't work it does nothing 
Makes me yeah. feel, just makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Let me do that. Yeah. Let me do that for you. If we can externalize those thoughts, I do think it makes it easier to uh overcome them because you're like, hey, I'm not I'm not what you're saying. I yeah, am. I'm not a big right? stupid unlovable idiot. Yeah. Just a sweaty bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a when I, I'm not just a sweaty bitch. <laughs> I'm not I'm so much more than that. <laughs> I'm also a kind bitch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that's all I really have planned for twenty twenty four. That's terrific. You know, you set the bar low walk and, right over it. Yep. That's it. You do a car wheel over it. Hell yeah. Doesn't even have to be a clean one. <laughs> you don't have to stick the landing. Well, that's good because I won't. Um, you want to talk about this? This here boogeyman? Yeah, this booger man. Waiting for booger man or finding <laughs> booger man. Is that what it's called? Yeah, finding booger man. I'm thinking of waiting. Searching for, for booger man. Searching for booger man, waiting for Superman. That's right. <laughs> okay. So this is Searching for Booger Man. Right. Uh, uh, directed by... Rob Savage. The very same as, <laughs> as what you just said. Rob Savage directed the movie Host, which came out during the pandemic. It's about Chris Hardwick. <laughs> yep. Just kidding. <laughs> it's uh, No, it came out on Shudder, and it was like a uh, Zoom-based sort of horror movie. So, like, the whole thing takes place within, like, Zoom windows. And, uh, you know, mm. scary things there happen. There have been a couple bites at this apple, right? There was the one with, the, uh, what's his name? John Cho. John Cho. Yeah, yeah. There was that one where he was, I want to say he was, like, searching for his missing daughter. He was he was searching for Sugar Man. Yeah, he was searching for Booger Man. Uh, Booger Sugar Man? Um Oh, <laughs> oh, and and then there was uh, unfriended and unfriended two, which was like roughly the same thing. You know, people popping in and out of video chats and whatever. But I I, I haven't seen host, but I hear it's very good. So it's, it's like sixty five minutes long, which perfect, which is great. <laughs> that is like that is such a beautiful thing to hear. Like no one's misunderstanding like the capacity of right. a, a movie set in a zoom call right it's not right. like oh it's a two and a half hour zoom call yeah it, it's a, it's like a work meeting but scarier yeah. <laughs> and it <laughs> and it's not um doesn't seem to be that that thing where it's like it pretends to be its premise and then you see like a you know someone like turns off the zoom call and you're in the in the house with them right from a no different angle no 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 it's all zoom call that's what like uh, I feel like the the perfect way to watch it is on your laptop in the dark, like yes. you know, <laughs> like just like <laughs> like you're just the the extra person on the Zoom call. You you're just on mute, and <laughs> you're just watching yes. all this, <laughs> which which is kind of funny to be like, you know, there's five people on the Zoom and you're the fifth person, and the other four people are being tormented by whatever. I don't even, I don't know what the killer is, but like some sort of demon or whatever. And the mm. fi- you're the fifth person just watching this all go down, and you're just <laughs> like, whoa, man. <laughs> oh man, um, this looks fun. There's like, we should do all of these like these Zoom pandemic. Things? These yeah, um, these like. 
like all the movies that were shot and released within that like yeah. eight month span. The, oh man, uh, there was like I don't think it was a Michael Bay. It may have been Bay directed, but the kid who plays Archie on Riverdale was in it, and it was like a pandemic movie, and it was like set in the future when the you know a couple of years in the future when the pandemic has. Yeah. All pandemics are legal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a lady's voice yeah. on your your like uh, government mandated TV. We should uh we should do the Purge movies. Yeah, we should. I mean, part, that would be great. Have you seen all of the Purge movies? I've seen all of the. I've cinema? seen none of them. Oh my god, damn! Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, the first one is fun. It's like clearly a smaller budget. It's like one place. You know, it's in set in like a house, but it's good. You know, Ethan Hawke is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but then like two and three go like way overboard and like above and beyond. It's it's good shit. I I've heard good things, um, and I think the series is probably called Purge Overkill. <laughs> I, I have, a, there's a tribute to the band from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. <laughs> Urge Overkill. Urge Overkill. <laughs> Does that Neil Diamond cover and nothing else? Oh, is that is that a Neil Diamond cover? I didn't even know Gr- that. Yeah, girl, you'll, you'll be, be a woman, woman soon? soon. Oh yeah, that makes yeah. so much sense. That yeah, that song just wow. That uh, you saying that just now just like fit right into place in my head. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh yeah, that song sounds like it was written by Neil Diamond. Yeah, the the verses especially are such like a. Such a Neil Diamond schlocky kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, big puffy like sort of shirt, open <laughs> like tucked in, but all the buttons are undone, you know, mm. so it's just open to the to the pants. <laughs> yes, yes, just one one of the better entries in the catalog of songs about pedophilia. Oh yeah, you'll be a woman yeah. soon. It's like that, the uh, that Beatles song. Oh, forget it. I mean, like any, mo, mo, like any oh. song written before 1999, basically. <laughs> and then even some after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's yeah. Purge overkill. Purge overkill. I love it. Um, but today we're purging ourselves of our, our shared traumas of watching the boogeyman. Now, ah, yeah. Sorry, so, even just mentioning it. Rob Savage uh, directed this, written by Scott Beck. Written by three people. Three guys. Uh, Scott Beck, who has a writing credit on A Quiet Place. Yeah, so does Brian Wood. I don't know okay. about this Mark Hyena guy. It's a, Mark a Quiet Hayman. Place. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Quiet Place is. I would also love to someday cover that and the sequel. Okay. Um, because I happen to think those are, I think those like, um, called the trajectory of John Krasinski as like a reactionary freak. Uh-huh. Um, I'd been saying it since the movie came out. I have no receipts, but yeah. I, at the time I was like, this is like some traditional family values bullshit. It, it is it, like, it's, it's, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit la- in last week's episode, but it's a bit of consploitation. 
One million percent. It's subtle consploitation. It is. Although I would say not that subtle, but <laughs> it's it is just like it's like um, that suburban exurban kind of paranoia. Yeah, right? it's like yeah, yeah, and it's just about a man trying to protect his family by making sure none of them talk. Well, well <laughs> which is like well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. The, the premise is a guy is trying to protect his family, and but the outside world will not let him speak. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but also, it's like I can't have you guys talking because it makes my job harder. Right. And also, he eventually does get to just scream, and that's like the that's his life's purpose is to scream at just the right time. <laughs> um, Man, such okay, so a weird turn for that guy, huh? I yeah, you know, it's like you what if like I don't know. I can't watch The Office now. It's just like you know, I've seen it several times over, mm. you know, fifteen years ago or whatever, and I'm just done. But your brain just fill. You look at him. Your brain just fills in his like anabolically broad shoulders. <laughs> well, that's it, man. <laughs> like you watch like season one, and he's just sort of like this tall, gangly guy with like floppy hair yeah, and little cutie like, patootie. Yeah, yeah. Just being he's like, just like mm, I don't know, <laughs> looking at the camera, and then like yeah, whatever. You know, Ten years later, he's like, I am Jack Ryan. I am. I'm. I am one of the uh, Benghazi soldiers or whatever. <laughs> Even like within the like, I do kind of wonder if the writers like they were like, wow, he's kind of a fucking a psychopath, huh? Because like you think about the trajectory of his character, which is that he like starts its his own stupid small business is in like sports marketing or something, yeah. right? Do you remember that? It's like a I've I've seen like two episodes of those later seasons, but I just remember him talking about like his sports marketing company yeah, based out of so strange. Yeah. And it's just like that's the exact kind of thing a uh, a guy tries and fails at and then is like, What well, the world is out to get me. <laughs> it must be the world's fault because my idea was perfect. Oh no. Yeah. All right. We'll save all this for when we do uh, a, a, a really quiet place. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so the third writer, uh, Mark Heyman. Yeah. Has. Oh, he's just he's written. He's written sad stuff. Skeleton twins. Uh, Black Swan. Bla- Black Swan. A stop a looking c- at me. Black Swan. <laughs> <laughs> it says here he also wrote shampoo is better. <laughs> and he did punch up on conditioner is better. Um, yeah. Black Swan. I mean, I think, are we on the same place that Darren Aronofsky should be sent to hell before he dies? <laughs> like he should have to be there alive for a little while. Yeah. I, w- in a- I would honestly, I would like to do, a couple yeah. Aronofsky movies. No, just, if we're doing it, we're going full bore. You want to go? You want to do all of them? I, I, I'll do all of them. I'll watch all, all of those bad movies. Yeah, you know what? Like, there was a time when I was like, I have to see everything, no matter like how <laughs> unpleasant or whatever the experience is for me. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to watch Darren Aronofsky movies. I don't want to watch Lars von Trier movies. Yeah. They are not like they're not going to make me feel good. Not that you have to feel good at every movie, but I know walking in, this is going to be aggressively uh, unpleasant. Yes. And it's like, again, not that every movie has to like 
completely rock your world. But right. Like I do think those movies just like, well, maybe based on, and again, I've, I don't think I've seen a Lars von Trier movie, but based on what I know, mm-hmm. seems like he just confirms your priors about what's bad about the world. Yeah. Um, Darren Aronofsky, on the other hand, confirms your priors about what the most annoying people in the world think is cool and good. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we should do uh, Nymphomaniac Part 1 and 2. Let's let's do it. Five hours of... Of, of, of lusty, busty nymphos. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. This isn't lusty, busty nymphos. <laughs> oh, no. This is so much worse. Um... um yeah. Yeah, but Black Swan I think is a classic case of like um presents itself as smart and is I think that movie's like oh it's whatever. Yeah. Um the worst I thing th- about it is people treating it like it was groundbreaking. No, I what okay. Black Swan, I think Black Swan is good, not great. I I would give it like like a 7. I'm not a movie critic. I am nobody. It doesn't matter what my opinion is, but I would say it for me, it's a seven. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's well acted and there's like some cool imagery in it, but like I saw it once and I'm never going to watch it again. Totally. Yeah. Same thing with every other Darren Aronofsky movie. And that's kind of like, I don't know when I, uh, you know, like I use letterbox. If I watch a movie, I rate it, you know, I, I, uh, log it and, Mm. You Some, know who else uses is Letterboxd? Oh, who else? The King Me podcast. Oh, King Me, yeah, you King Me Pod on Letterboxd. Oh, check that. out Letterboxd King Me Pod. You'll uh, hear more about this in a little bit. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, well, you know, sometimes you watch something and you're real hot on it, and then you know, fucking two weeks later, you're like, that actually. I, the more I think about it, that's bad, yeah. or or vice versa, and uh. That, I, I don't know. I feel like that Aaron Aaron, Aaron Aronofsky. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Darren Aronofsky. Darren, Darren Aaron Aaron Aronofsky. <laughs> yeah. Like like we're in a stadium. Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I was in a stadium announcing that Darren Aronofsky has Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. Yeah. Or I guess maybe something new called Darren Aronofsky's disease. <laughs> Is something worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, I feel like the, I don't know. Like total shit. Yeah, like like a big piece of shit. Um, boogeyman. Boogie, oogie, oogie, man. Yeah. Uh, so, um, who's, this in thing, this, who's in this movie? I'd be happy to tell you. Please, if please. O- if only you'd let me speak. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough fair enough no no no, no. That, oh, it's it's actually not i can actually never levy that criticism against <laughs> basically anyone i've ever met anybody uh, i've ever spoke to <laughs> yeah, spoken over yeah um first up we got sophie thatcher ah sophie thatcher of course um we all know teen Natalie from Yellow Jackets. Yeah, she's in Yellow Jackets. She was you in You watch that? No. 
Me neither. Uh, she was in The Book of Boba Fett. Oh, I wonder, wonder who I do, I do. Who wrote The Book of Boba Fett? Uh, she was in three episodes. She played Drash. We all, yes, it's Drash. And of course, we all love the character of Drash. Um, now, you and I were both, we're on the Reddit, like, Star Wars extended canon subreddit. Yeah. We're like, I think she actually, I thought it was a very faithful portrayal of Drash. Yeah. Based on the one page in an extended universe <laughs> novel. Yeah. From 30 years ago. Uh, all of those books, uh, once they, once they did, um, uh, Force Awakens. Once did Disney acquired mm. uh, Star Wars, all of those books and all of the uh, everything basically yeah. just be- it became mythology and not canon. They did a like an Order sixty six or whatever it's called. They on did, yeah, those yeah. books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, hey, these these Sith have some good ideas. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! I will. Say, here's what I'll say about. Sophie Thatcher is she looks like insanely familiar somehow, which she, she does look insanely familiar. I feel like she kind of looks like the girl from Nosferatu. Uh, Lily Rose Depp. Uh, no. <laughs> what? Oh, Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, well, is, is Lily Rose Depp going to be in the new Nosferatu? Yeah, she's like the main. The main, the main chica. Oh wow! Yeah, All she's right. like the main character. Weird. Um, uh, but you're talking about um, uh, God. I can't remember the actor's name or the character's name. Nope. Even though her name is something, st- her name's like Harley Quinn. <laughs> it's like Harley Quinn. <laughs> it's something like. Is it like Lou? No, no. that's Lou from Mister Mercedes. I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting her. Vic oh, McQueen. Vic, Vic McQueen. Vic. <laughs> Vic McQueen. You were close, though. You were dancing around it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like she looks like that uh, actress. Uh, we got Chris. I, Met- I was getting Eilish vibes, personally. Go oh, throw that. Billy? Billy. Billy E. No, her brother, whose name is, like, also stupid. Thackeray or something. <laughs> Thackeray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go on. Go on. So, go on. No, no. What were you gonna say? Were you no, gonna no, say? no, no, no. It, it was dumb. It was dumb. No, no. I want to hear. No, no. I can't. I can't. His his name's like Catcher in the Rye or something. <laughs> but what were you gonna say? If I'm allowed to say that, you gotta say your thing. Uh, no. It, well, now it, it's gone. It's gone. That's the thing with podcasting. You have to say it, it immediately. Rob's opening a bottle <laughs> as he's. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Thump. Um, the so, thing about podcasting is that it's ephemeral. Yeah, you have to. It, it's all off the dome. It's all happening right now. Yeah, None of this is planned. Nobody plans a podcast. It's I don't care what anybody a, says. Lightning in a thumb bottle. That's right. <laughs> all right, Chris Messina. You want to talk about Chris Messina? You, want, you probably the biggest. About? Name, uh, maybe David Desmalchin, uh, but I feel like Christmas scene. He was on, um, uh, from The Office. What's her name? Um, uh, come, come on, I'm not, man. I'm not really an office guy. You're an office guy. Come on, 
Uh, you're uh, in a, is it, well. Is he was it in Ar- He was in Argo. Fuck yourself. Of course, he played. Of course. Ar- he played Argo. <laughs> right. He played. He was in Birds of Prey, which is better than it gets credit for. I Birds think. of Prey is, is the one where the, the Harley alternate, Quinn movie. Yeah, yeah, the alternate title is like the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like the fantabulous. Correct. Yes. The fantabulous <laughs> girl bossery of Harley Quinn. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, okay. What about the oh? He was uh, he was involved the Mindy with Hit- project. The Mindy oh. project. Fuck. Mindy. Mindy P. He yeah. played. Oh, he played Danny Castellano. Obviously, he played Danny Castellano. He was he on 90, Castellano 90 fucking on episodes project. of the Mindy project. Come on. Is he like the love interest? I'm sure he is. Okay. Look, I mean, look at this hunk. What's here. what's not to love, right? Yeah. I'm interested. He looks like someone. Who are the you know who who are the two like? guys? Yeah, Bobby Mamone. <laughs> Does he? I don't remember. Honestly, it's been too long. I've he I've did, forgotten I mean, the face of my Bobby. <laughs> Robert Mamone, obviously. <laughs> I so I searched Bobby attorney Mamone law, and it was like now. trying to yeah. <laughs> he got into attorney law. at law. Really? No. <laughs> oh, um, no. He looks like uh, like an Italian guy. You know, Christmassy and <laughs> say no more. Uh, Olive complexion. Yeah, yeah. Dark hair. Sort of. No, like. he looks like. Who are those two guys who have like basically the same name from the nineties? They're both like. Be more specific. <sighs> One's in a Julia Roberts movie. Okay. Oh, is it Dermot Mulroney and Dylan McDermott? He looks like <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yes. How did I get that off of that, those weak clues? That was <laughs> that was Dylan pretty Mc, incredible. Dylan McDermott, Dylan McDermott Mulroney. Mulroney. Obviously, I think I'm thinking of Dermot Mulroney. Um, yes, yeah. he does kind of look like Dermot Mulroney. Was a little bit Dermot Mulroney. Was does he also look we don't like have Dylan? to get in. Oh, we're so far away from. No, no, no. Say what's on your mind. He doesn't look like Dylan McDermott at no. all. But uh, wait, Dylan McDermott, who? Uh, okay, who Dylan man? McDermott was in several. That's yeah. Okay, I know Dylan, Dylan McDermott, McDermott. It looks he looks like Clive Dermot? Owen now, Dermot? but worse. Who the fuck Dermot is? Mulroney? Oh, Dermot Mulroney. Dermot. So Dermot Mulroney is like. On the he's the middle point on the spectrum between Chris Messina and Steve Coogan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's in uh, About Schmidt, which is which is a really good movie. Um, and he he's got like a he plays a southern guy and he's got a mullet and he's like dating Jack Nicholson or married to Jack Nicholson's daughter and stuff. He's just he's That's like a fun. nice guy, but he just looks like a fucking you know. And is is Jack Nicholson like I'm judging you on your haircut, son? No, it, it's actually it's like uh, I feel like it might be the well, Departed was uh, pretty good, but Jack Nicholson like trying, you know, Jack Nicholson not being the coolest guy in the room, you know, he's like sort of plays uh, this older guy who's just doesn't know what to do with the rest of his life. What the heck am I gonna do with this thing? Yeah, yeah. Talking about the rest of his life. Yeah. The whole movie, he's also, he like a, gets like a, like a pen pal in Africa. 
It's like one of those programs where you're like, write, write, uh, write to a person in Africa, right? Mm. And uh, <laughs> so every time like something happens, it, like the voiceover of Jack Nicholson coming in, like reading the letter <laughs> that he's writing, he's like, "Dear Induku." <laughs> <laughs> That sounds fun. It is actually pretty good. <laughs> and it and it's just the right level of sad, you know? Mm. I I love a sad movie. It it, thought, and, it, and it yet, just like it justifies my own sort of sadness, I think. I think that's we why just I, talking about how we how this is bad. What? Sad movies? Uh or like movies oh. that confirm your priors. No, well, yeah. I'm I don't know. It's like a very human sadness, not like a mm. Lars von Trier where like the world is going to like punish you and, you know, do the most awful possible things <laughs> to you and all of this. It's more of like a general sort of like the adult sadness that we all sort of feel. Yeah. You know, we should go viral with our um, contrarian take that about Schmidt could not be mistaken for a Lars von Trier movie. <laughs> Yeah. No, I like it. We should go viral for that. We should go viral for that. Also in this movie, David... De- How do you say his name? I, uh, I think it's Desmalchen. Desmalchen, that feels right. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. And this guy, I mean, David Desmalchen, I mean, if you don't know the name, you know the face. He's He's what been in goddamn face. everything. Yeah. Um, he was... Well... Uh, in the Suicide Squad, the uh, uh, James Gunn one, he played Polka Dot Man, fan favorite Polka Dot Man. Um, does a ton of voice work. He's in the Marvel movies. He's in Dune. He's in he's like been in a bunch every, of DC stuff too. Yeah, yeah. He's in like every big movie. He was in fucking Dark Knight. He for he, like he plays uh, one of the Joker's like henchmen. Thugs. Yeah, he's yeah. credited as Joker Joker's Thug. Thug. Yeah. Um, he also very recently was in Bobby Oppie Oppenheimer. He was, he was, he he was there for the operation. Um, the operation. That's right. <laughs> what do you do at the operation? <laughs> and of course, we're going to see him in Twin Peaks: The Return. Uh, you know, in the future, once we get there. Sorry, that's the. Desmalchen alarm. Someone had to ring it. <laughs> uh, yeah, every well, Philly this loves Desmalchen. Yeah, they're uh, they're coming to resuscitate me. My I, my heart stopped when I heard that he was going to be in Twin Peaks: The Return. <laughs> um, yeah, go on, go on. No, I was going to say something about Twin Peaks: The Return. I was going to ask questions about his character, but I'm realizing. I don't want to know a goddamn thing about him. I want I want to be totally surprised. I don't want to make playing the character of ignorant Dan any harder than it already is. <laughs> now, Dan, is there an emergency happening right outside your window? It's fine. Okay. It's fine. This I'll be fine. This is just city living, right? Like, it's Buddy, I can't fall asleep in the suburbs because it's too quiet. Yeah, I have to put on 10 hours of people dying on the op- on the operating table or whatever people being shot in the streets i have to put on i fall asleep to faces of death every night <laughs> i uh yeah just log on to uh 
live leak and put on my nightly playlist. Um, uh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Whatever. Um, Marin Ireland. She plays Rita Billings. Um, uh, 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 lock the gates. I lock the gates. Lock the gates. From that's m- Camarilla, California. <laughs> Pow! I just shite me pants. <laughs> Marin Ireland. <laughs> who are your guy? Who are your lads? <laughs> who are your lads? Aye. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm going to close out the episode by by doing a bit of. I'm going to well, close out the episode brilliant. with a bit bit of noodling. <laughs> and instead of playing the guitar, he starts shredding a, a, a fiddle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just noodling about. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let, let's get into this are fucking we, movie. We're, we? we're like 45 minutes. <laughs> I was trying to think of a... An, is there an Irish word for cool? So I could do... Are, are we blarney? <laughs> I mean, they blarney. use brilliant for everything. Are we brilliant? Oh. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, are we brilliant? That is a question we could ask about this very program. And obvi- the answer is yes. Yeah, we'll answer it now with our insightful discussion of The Boogied Man. Ah, uh, The Boogeyman. So we have a bit of a history with this, don't we, Rob? We do. We do. We. Did you reread the short story? No, I know it. I know it off the dome, man. You yeah. want me to just recite it? I won't. Wish you would. Um, no, we so we did a, a, a very special Dollar Babies episode on the Boogeyman, where we um, we talked about the short film by somebody else, but from nineteen eighty like four or five three oh yeah, yeah somewhere around there in the in the early to mid eighties. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we quite liked it. It yeah, was a mess, but we liked it. No, I think yeah, we liked it quite a bit. And then we read the short story, which was also pretty good. Yeah, um, it's um, it is like relentlessly dark. Yeah, uh, like a lot of that early Stephen King stuff. There's like a real uh, contempt for humanity. <laughs> uh, so as he's like. Um, sort of working through his own, you know, there's like a meta quality of the short story where it's like a guy in therapy uh, talking about his kids' untimely deaths. Yes. Right. So Stephen King, the author, is like giving himself therapy by writing this, you know, writing out his fears of like his kids dying or whatever. Right. But uh, also making the protagonist just like an unlikable piece of shit. Like, Using racial slurs, yes. all kinds of all kinds of nonsense. Right, and the main character in the short story is Lester Billings, who uh, is played in this by David Desmolchin. Right, uh, sort of a minor character. Well, that's a th- so. I think. First off, I don't think this movie is terrible. I'm going to say that. Agreed. I think it definitely has moments. I think the third act is bad. Um, yeah. Yep. And there are definitely issues along the way, but I think for the first two thirds, it's not a bad horror movie. Um, and yeah, it, like it, you know, uh, and we're talking about Lester and David the Smallman's character. The I the 
um, the instinct, I guess, to take the short story and really blow up the world and like make it a bigger, you know, an hour and a half, hour, 40 minute, you know, movie or whatever. I'm on board with that. I think more people should be doing that with Stephen King movies or yeah. uh, short stories, short stories. And, uh, you know, like Children of the Corn, like that was a short story, got turned into a movie. Right. Got turned into 11, 11 movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. And I like the idea of this boogeyman as not not necessarily uh, in this movie, but like the the short story and even like early on in the cold open of this where. There's a little kid in a crib uh, crying, screaming, just like hysterically crying because the boogeyman is coming out of the closet and creeping up to the crib. And then like you don't see it. It's off screen. But like you hear like uh, uh, thwip and uh, and the the crying stops and there's Mm -hmm. just like a blood splatter across a picture. Spider-Man has killed my baby. That's right. Thwip, thwip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I thought that, uh, honestly, I thought that opening, that cold open went pretty hard. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. All right. We're, I guess we're killing kids in this, in this film. (laughs) All right. We're not pulling punches. I like it. But, but then they pull punches. (laughs) They fully pull punches. Like, so we talked about, you know, we were texting about the movie as, as I was watching it at my insistence. Um, real quick, I just, I glanced over at IMDb and I got to give it up to me for Marin Ireland. That's like, oh yeah, no, Marin I- shit. no, it's really good. You okay. Did, no, I re- I really <laughs> like that. Uh, and, uh, who are your lads? It's really funny. We're, I, I appreciate you saying that. I just, I, I caught her name. I thought I got back to reminiscing on the good times we had with Marin Ireland and I dare say he'll be back. Uh, anyway, we were yeah. texting about this and, um, something I had said, maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree. Uh-huh. Uh, is that the, the structure of this movie and sort of similar movies where the, the monster is a metaphor for <laughs> trauma. Yeah. They front load the movie like as just like by the nature of it, the movie is front loaded with the horrible, the most horrible thing that can happen happening. Yes. Right. Like um, Lester Billings baby is murdered just off screen. Um, in the case of the, the Harper family, the horrible thing happens not even on screen. Not right. Like, I before I do the think, movie takes place. Right. Yes. I do think that's like what I mean, maybe I should save this for later, but I do think that that's what sets like hereditary apart from the other movies that are like in this sort of trauma exploitation sub sub genre. Right. Where and it's like we're going to be using that word uh, trauma exploitation more often. How how could we not when it rolls off the tongue? Right. Like butter. Um <laughs> But, like, the structure of that puts the horrible, horrible thing. I mean, Grant, that movie also, like, doesn't it open with a horrible thing? Doesn't someone, like, oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Midsummer, where someone, Mid- yeah, yeah, that's that, right. The whole family where, dies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The murder, suicide, the beginning. But that's, like, a good example of, like, 
granted that movie's on its own wavelength anyway, but sticking sure. with hereditary. Yeah. I think what that movie does really well with like the experience of like something sort of like earth shatteringly horrible happening, like the death of a loved one, like the sudden death of a loved one or something mm-hmm. like the, the way that when you play something like that back, all yeah. the, all the stuff leading up to it seems like it inevitably leads to that moment. Uh-huh. And then the way things just sort of like unravel afterward, like it feels more earned. Yeah, uh, I agree. Where, yes. Whereas with something like this or even like the Babadook, which I think is aged like not well. <laughs> um, I, I watched it. So I watched the Babadook all the way through for the first time this year. Right. Okay. And I, I think it's a good movie. I think the problem is it's just like the fucking everybody that took away like the wrong sort of uh, notes from it, the wrong message, I guess like the whole it's, you know, the monster is trauma and hereditary does this right passed on trauma like right. parents pass you know literally it's hereditary right <laughs> <laughs> that's the name right. of the movie for a very good reason yes um but i yeah. i don't specific i don't hate that i hate when it's sort of like i i don't like like this movie the boogeyman is sort of just shoehorning in all right it's almost like this script doesn't have it has nothing uh doesn't have anything to do with the boogeyman as like a mythology you know what i mean right like it it also it, has nothing to say about trauma <laughs> like, yes yes it doesn't yeah um it, it's it's you know just sort of like it feels like it's uh just sort of going in the the same direction as these other monsters as trauma movies or trauma as monsters movies mm-hmm. uh without doing any of the 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 work like the the research you know right right <laughs> like, yeah it, i mean it it all feels so like impersonal and just like uh basically just like a plot device that that their mother has died like right like it wouldn't matter except for the ending where she saves them like yeah. That sh- the fact that she died and the fact that they're missing her right. does not really factor in apart from that. Yes. It's like they say that the monster like plays on people's like fear and vulnerability or whatever, yeah. which like, whoa, whoa, what what could that mean? What deeper meaning could that have? <laughs> um, but like that could be anybody. It could, that could yes. be. Yes. Right. Like it the, could, the, I, the, I think they do. I think they are trying to. Like I, I, they're trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole. It feels yes. like with this, like uh, with you know, they try and establish that uh, the trauma of you know uh, this family, where uh, you know the the older daughter um, Sadie is like very affected by the death of her mother, right? Mm. And it seems like. Uh, Chris Messina's character is also affected by it, but he won't talk about it. He's ignoring it, right? The same way that he's ignoring the, his kids when they're saying, like, hey, there's a, actually a scary monster that's, uh, you know, going after us or whatever. Right, right. Um, and even a bit with the, the younger daughter, uh, who, Sawyer, who's like, um, you know, she's 
too young maybe to like fully grasp um you know the death of her mother and what that means and what that is going to mean for her for the rest of her life Mm -hmm. you know um so like she sees the monster but doesn't like i don't know it it doesn't fit into her trauma necessarily if that makes sense yeah right like it's um it's uh it's a less sort of concrete sense yeah. of loss i guess right yes. cuz it's just like you're a kid you're, Your brain you're a is kid still... and, and as tra- traumatizing as it is right like you when you're a kid you just don't know how these things are going to affect you later on in life you right. just don't <laughs> like right. uh you get to your 30s and you're like oh my god why do i feel this very specific way uh, yeah. it's it's rooted to uh, a, a single moment from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. For her, it's like the things they keep throwing out are like, she's sort of is noticing or experiencing like the ways things are different. Yeah. You know, like, um, so basically it's like, I don't know if you want to call it like id ego, super ego, not to make it about a therapist or anything, but, <laughs> um, right. It's like, Sawyer is she's the one who in the you know in the car in that like opening scene is like mom would have known what to do if so and so yeah and then sort of like um has that experience put upon her when Sadie does like the pull your tooth with the door thing yeah and it doesn't go as planned and she's like because Sadie says she's like mom used to do this for me right and then when Sadie tries to do it because you know I mean, a monster pulled the door closed, but you know, if we sort of like look just beneath read between the one line of that, yeah, it's like, you're not mom. Like you're, right. you're a kid. Yes. <laughs> you're my you're, sister, but you're not mom. Right. You're, I, I know you're like, you're a teenager, you're in high school and you're filling, you're trying to fill this sort of role uh-huh. for me as like a role model and like, doing things that mom used to do, but you're not, you're right. not mom. And, and it's really just like, you know, there's nothing she could have done to do it right. Because you're right. It's, it's not about that. There's no technique. Yes. You, just are, you are mom or you are not mom. <laughs> right. Sadie by contrast or not by contrast, but like in the middle there is like wearing her mom's old clothes and yes. sort of like, Um, you know, she finds at one point she finds like a camcorder with a video of her mom on it that she's sort of like obsessing over. Yes. And she's got that sort of like very backwards looking thing where I think like Sawyer is kind of just like processing things as they're happening. Yeah. Right. Uh And then, then Will is in full denial, like he said. Right. Full denial. Doesn't want to address it. Doesn't want to talk about it. Just wants to like, doesn't it's like, (laughs) it is funny. He is a therapist. And he's like, I am not going to address my feelings. (laughs) Physician heal thyself, right? Um, But yeah, like uh, in that same scene where Sadie puts on her mom's dress, that's like right in the beginning. This is a good way of sort of like setting up where everyone's at. Like you said, the first two thirds of this movie are uh, pretty on the money, fairly. I think think it's a good good enough setup. I don't Mm. love the whole monster representing trauma thing. It's been played out, but... I get it. Okay. 
But yeah, he, uh, you know, when he sees her in the dress, he's like, put a coat on. It's cold out. And then when we cut to the shot of them driving to school, that like, it's like a drone shot of the car. We yeah. see like palm trees and stuff. Like it's not cold out. Right. Yeah. It's simply not cold out. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's all working for me. Like out of the gate, it's like, you know exactly what the angle is going to be. Right. Um, which I think does like as, as play. Yeah, it's played out, but um, I think kind of what makes this movie frustrating is like how it sets that up and then doesn't really execute on it. Yeah. So, so we said, all right. So the cold open, right. With the kid, kid dies. Um, we find out later that it's uh, Lester Billings kid. Right. Um, before all that, you know, we Chris uh, Miss Mess. Uh, I keep fucking up his name. What Messina. is it? Messina. Funky cold Messina. Messina. Right. Yeah. Uh, his what's his character's name? Will. 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 <laughs> so Will is a therapist, and um, you know, you'd think he'd be better at like dealing with like this trauma and his kids and whatever else. He like. You know, his daughter uh, starts talking to him about, like, mom and, like, all of this stuff. And then he's like, if you ever want to talk to a therapist, uh, you should talk to this other lady who isn't me. (laughs) Yes. um, I did, like, so uh, she she puts on her mom's dress. She wears it to school, right? And there's this thing where, like, she's walking through school and everybody is, like, being pretty nice to her they're all saying like so sorry sadie like sorry about your mom like she's got her headphones in and it's it's like sort of drowned out but all these people these kids are all saying that to her like nobody's being a real dick about it right until her friends show up (laughs) yeah except for one girl who's uh a lunatic (laughs) just the most sadistic person who's ever lived which king trope yeah i mean uh, the character of natalie who so uh it's one of sadie's friends is beth or bethany um and who seems like a nice person who's trying to you know who doesn't know how to like help her friend but is trying yeah so the the dynamic that sort of gets revealed as the movie goes on is like Bethany seems to have like leveled up socially. Like she's friends right. with these cool girls or they're, they're at least like new friends, right? There's like, yes. and this has like created some distance or had already been creating distance between her and Sadie. And then like once her mom dies, it seems to have been exacerbated. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like Sadie has been out of school for, I don't, I don't know what the, like, I don't know if this is like the first day of school back to school and back to school. <laughs> this is just going to be a <laughs> Billy Madison recap. Then. The um, Billy man. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes. Bethany does seem to like, but like these other girls like Natalie and who else? Cassidy. Cassidy. And there was another one. Is there? I thought there were three of them. Maybe uh, not. Maybe I I'm think wrong. it is those three. Okay. Yeah. So, so Natalie and Kat, they're just kind of mean about it. Like, it, it feels so weird and out of place for like, 
like Natalie is essentially is like get over it, <laughs> you know? Like yeah, the the whole like from jump to like it starts yeah. with normal like normal depiction of mean girl stuff where she sort of like inadvertently insults the yeah. death of her mom where she's like I like that dress. I could never pull it off, but you know, right. some people some people look good in gross shit like basically. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> But then it just pivots right into like, so you're still sad your mom died, huh? When's that going to end? Right. Um, It's just, yeah. Yeah. It becomes very openly about that. Yes. Um, So, uh, and then, you know, she like spills, I don't know, yogurt or ice cream on her dress and she's all upset about it. Yeah, like, I think it's New England clam chowder. Yeah, it's so weird. It's just like the (laughs) chunkiest. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> most viscous uh, slop. Yeah, it's really gross. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. who's so, eating cream? What high school girls eating cream cream chip beef? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the you know uh, Sadie. It seems like Sadie's like friend group or whatever kind of sucks. Um, uh, we see Christmasina, uh, you know. Do, you know, working. We see him working with this woman, and then he wraps up the session. And then David Dismalish, him, uh, you know, Lester walks in, and he's like, "You know, I really need to talk to somebody." And uh, Will is like, "I I only go by appointment. Like you have to call. We have to do like a consultation over the phone." And he's like, "No, like I really need to talk to somebody right now." <laughs> so he he starts talking. He tells him all about like. Uh, his three kids that died uh, all within like a year of each other. Yeah. Um, this is the part of the movie that is the short story. Yes. To some, to some degree extent. Yeah. Right. And you know, the kids died and they blame, you know, everybody thinks that he did it, uh, but he didn't. Um, and and then he, he like he has like a notebook like a like a sketchbook and he shows him like a a drawing and he's like this is what what got my kids right mm. and then scary uh, face weird yeah, spindly legs w- will is like okay um i'm going to run to the bathroom real quick you stay here uh, and and he leaves and he's like he gets on the phone and he's like i have somebody in my house and he's you know <laughs> This guy's it's, fucking crazy. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. This I'm, I'm way out of my depth with yeah. this. You gotta send somebody. Um, and and then like, uh, uh, Lester goes like, so Will Will's office where he practices out of is in his house. So Lester goes like walking through his house, walks upstairs. There's this whole scene where like Sadie is like doing laundry. She's got headphones in, and you see Lester in the background. And you're like, what is gonna happen here? And then, uh, uh, you know, less like he like, you know, he, he like goes away, right? Whatever. And, and she hears a noise. So she goes into her, her mom had this like big art studio thing, right? Where she painted and there's a closet in there and she hears, uh, like a, a ruckus coming from the closet and she goes in there and I really, I like this a lot. So yeah. She walks in there and uh, Lester has hung himself uh, on the door. So he's hanging on the back of the door dead. And she opens the door and you see like you see him 
you know, on the thing, you, she doesn't see him yet. She walks in and you're like, oh my God, like she's going to see this fucking dead guy here and whatever. And then the, the father comes in and then will comes in and like, you know, sort of like stops it from happening for a second, but then the door closes and then she does see it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just like piling more sort of traumatic, uh, things onto these, you know, this little girl. Also really loved is like a little visual touch the yeah. paint dripping out from under the door. Yes. Like so much yes. blood. I thought that was such like a clever little detail to include. I, I agree. Right. So there's a there's this red liquid that's pouring out from under the door and she steps in it and she gets like freaked out and whatever. And then like blue yeah. Like the blue liquid is also mixed in there. Yeah, some yellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's you're like, I don't know what this is at first. And then you open the she opens the door and it's paint. Uh I really liked that sort of uh misdirect. I like that. Might a lot. be does the movie peak here? <laughs> um Yeah, maybe. Mm. No, you know what? Um no. I think it peaks a little bit later before we actually see the boogeyman because i think uh the creature design of the boogeyman is a severe misstep yeah um uh, you know he the boogeyman in this looks kind of like a uh what's that uh cloverfield you, have you did you see cloverfield the like found footage movie from like 15 no. years ago no is that what it looks like it, it kind of looks like that it's like this sort of like uh bug sort of looking uh creature i don't know big like the legs are all uh sort of long and spider-like i would say spider-like <laughs> um, full stop full stop <laughs> and, and no, let that I, sink in well like the uh like just the head the mouth or whatever like it just doesn't once you see the creature, it doesn't invoke any sort of fear, right? It, it is. It's very like spirit Halloween lawn decoration kind. Yeah, of, you, you know. know. I and feel like, like we've seen this kind of creature a million times before. Totally. And it's yeah. just sort of like it. It almost felt like what does the special effects house have on deck right now that yep. they could put in this as the the monster? You know. Yeah. Totally. Um. It. It really and like the the trailer I remember when we watched the trailer, like yeah. one thing that sort of I think popped for me was just the fact that like you really only caught like the glow of its eyes in the dark. Yes. And like we've talked about how effective that can be on like Midnight Mass, which did the same thing right in the early episodes. Um so then to just, like, reveal it outright, like, pretty early into the movie. A little too early. You, you yeah. see you see quite a bit of it. Um, and again, especially in a... This is something that Babadook gets right, right? Where you, like, yes. you never see that fucker. You never really see that you fucker. You never really see the fucker. You, <laughs> you get, a, like, silhouettes. You get, like, bits and pieces of them. You know the Babadook wears a top hat, right? Yes. <laughs> Which like I, I and for on for if I'm being honest, yeah, 
I couldn't watch my Guns N' Roses concert DVDs for like a year after I watched that. <laughs> Too movie. scary. Too scary. Yeah. Slash going into that guitar solo in November Rain. Too scary. <laughs> <laughs> the Yes. And of course, the Babadook ends with Slash chained up in that lady's basement and she feeds him worms <laughs> yeah. for every meal. Um, but yeah, I just point I, being like, again, like yeah. if the monster is a metaphor... Maybe they don't show him. Right. Maybe he's purely a metaphor. Yeah. I I don't know. I But did I you thought, Oh sorry, I thought sorry. That, no, I just thought that the monster should have been more of a guy. <laughs> you, you know? More of a guy, like, less of a, a critter. Yeah. Like I you know, the the creature uses uh, people's voices to sort of like trick, you know, mm. its victims or whatever. Um, I don't know. I I kind of wanted it to be more of a Babadook than a uh, just like a spider creature, than like a know? Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. You know, like or like a Resident like, Evil probably is a better. Like like you know those scenes where it's like really it's dark and you just see the thing's eyes right, mm-hmm. and then like the face sort of like comes forward and you can see it. I feel like that would just be more effective if the face was more humanoid i i would agree with that i would agree with that more i don't know more terror yeah and Um, that's the other thing like i don't know maybe it gets away with it like or have it shape shift in that way too right like i think you can earn earn the spin it can be anything it doesn't have to be the one thing right yeah um, also, it's weird to show a drawing of it early into the movie. I hate, I feel like this is like a pretty common misstep. Yeah. Um, just like, and it feels like kind of a recent trend yeah. where you see like the little kid drawing of the monster and it doesn't really, it just sort of like undercuts the tension. Cause now you know what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> so, um, of course, David DeSmolchin is a grown-ass man. He's not yes. a kid. Good. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but th- there are some, I think, before you actually see the creature, there are some scary, actual scary moments, right? Where, so, David DeSmolchin dies. Um, and then, the uh, starting with the youngest girl, Sawyer, she starts experiencing these, like, scary boogeyman things right and then event you know sadie also you know experiences them a little bit later but the one scene where she uh sawyer is in bed and she has that uh glowing moon right the ball yeah the scene from the trailer basically well yeah but right before that right when the the closet door opens and you know she sort of like sits up to look and you just catch like a second millisecond of the boogeyman, the creature like scurrying across the floor under the bed. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh shit. That's like actually pretty good. Yeah. You know? And you know, and then the scene where I think this is, I think this is in the trailer also where uh, Sadie is in the kitchen and you know, it's all dark and she uses the refrigerator light like she yeah. opens the door to like, you know, light up the room, but you know, it's still there in the shadows somewhere. 
Uh, I thought that was pretty effective also. Yeah. And then after that, once you see the creature, they, they show it more often and it just loses its sort of effect. Yeah. Diminishing um, returns for sure. Yeah. Also like, um, that, yeah, that sort of stuff, like the, the alternate sources of light like that. Yes. I also feel like opening the refrigerator at night and getting spooked is such like a real kind of universal oh, definitely. Thing. That's it. Right. Like, all of like this movie should have played on all of those things, all of yeah. the things that we've all felt in our life. Like, uh, you know, the lights are out and you go to get a drink of water or something. And like, but for some reason in the last third, it it's like, actually, this is alien, <laughs> right? We're doing alien now. Folks. Yeah. I mean, and the, guess what? It does the crab walk. That's how it gets around. Yeah. The, the third act is like, really, uh, it's bad. It's like, it's bad. You know what? I'll, I'll say though, like if if the main crime of a movie is that it has third act problems, like sure. a horror movie, yeah. that does make it like that gets it like a C grade. Like oh sure, you know, yeah, like yeah. like you're saying, it's not it's not bad all the way through. Yes, it, um, it's not without its merits. Yeah, but but that was something you were saying when we were talking about it earlier too. Was like, uh, really tries to have its cake and eat it too, where it want it wants to be two different types of movie, right? Um, it, at it, the first like two thirds or so is trying to be like a metaphor for trauma. And then the last act of it is just like, a f- it, 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 it's alien or whatever. It's like oh, this family fighting off this monster. Yeah. Kill it. <laughs> like killing it with fire too is so it's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, it, uh, here's the other major issue that I saw with the, the movie was, there are no rules established for the monster. Like, you know, the, uh, it's the boogeyman, right? Like the boogeyman is like one of the most universal sort of monsters there is, right? Like kids, everybody sort of knows about the boogeyman, right? In quotations. Mm -hmm. So like, but it is a kid thing. So, Later on in the movie, when it's like attacking uh, uh, Messina, right? I'm like, ah, you fucked up. Like, you shouldn't, <laughs> like, the kids should be the only ones who experience this. It should be almost like it, where like the kids when, are the only ones who can see it and can, are afraid of it, and the parents are kind of clueless to it all. That, I was going to bring that up as like, I think probably where the rewrites go sideways with this or or like, or even, I don't know about rewrites, but just like they kind of wrote themselves into a corner by being like, it feeds on your fear. It's like, all right, well now it's, now it's Pennywise. (laughs) Right. Right. I don't think, I don't think Pennywise has like, um, a monopoly on being a fear monster. Sure. But I do get the sense that like the writers were like, well, we can't do that. Cause it came out like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and everybody loved it. Chapter two so much. So we, <laughs> yeah. People are going to get mad if we, if we cop their stees, but really it's just like, yeah, I agree. And I do think like, um, I kind of, I don't hate the sort of like, ascending order that it comes for them in where it's sort of like how emotionally close, you know, like basically like how good of a job you can do of burying 
how upset you are basically yeah. determines how vulnerable you are. Sure. Right. Where like it gets him last because he's worried about Sadie. Yeah. So like the logic of that, I think kind of works, but I also hear what you're saying. Like this, you know, like the sort of like alternate framing of this story where it's like, actually it's not about Lester Billings. It's about the therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what if, you know, I, I don't know. There's a version of this where you're like, what if it's about the kids instead? Like they're the ones in danger here. I, I really, I just feel like when it, when you're talking and, and you know, this movie is, is, you know, the trauma movie, right? It's one of the trauma horror movies. Uh, like, you know, so, Toxic Avenger. Yeah, yeah. Sergeant Kabuki. Kabuki Ka- yeah, or whatever that shit's <laughs> called. Um, no, but, but like, I under, so it's about trauma, so you have to bring the dad in because he's also avoiding uh, the feelings and yada, yada, whatever. Okay. But, like, I think that's sort of the, the mistake there. Yeah. I don't know, though, because, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm playing both sides of this thing. No, please, please. I think if we're going to rewrite this movie and fix it, we got to consider it from all angles. Yeah. I mean, like the original is about like a parent's fear of losing their kids. But the, but the issue is that he's not the, the main character at any point. Right. (laughs) So is he in or is he out? Kind of is like where I'm at with it. Right. This, this movie, the way that it's, sort of presented to us, at least in the beginning, as Sadie's movie. She is the main character here. Uh, I think it would have made more sense to just focus on the kids and, like, Dad is not, you know, involved in any of the monster stuff, right? And, and like, there's also something, like, they could have played into the trauma thing, too, with just the kids. And, like... There is something to be said about like that sort of that sibling bond when you both experience the same sort of tragedy. Sure. You know? Yeah. And like you can uh, relate to each other, even though you know the age difference is so big. It, it's it looks like it's maybe like six or seven years or so. Uh, but you you still like you still understand it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like they could have done more with that it it would have at least made it i think a little bit more unique in the whole trauma thing where it's just focus on childhood trauma yes you know i also think there's like i don't know oh like you know if this if the monster again is the is the trauma monster which it mostly is yes like um maybe there's a version of this where you know, it's like more like the victims kind of give themselves over to it, especially in the case of the parents or whatever, you know, Uh, like ultimately I think that's my issue is like, it is just by the end of it, it's just a monster. It's just like, yes, it, (laughs) it, it has no, it's like Outback Steakhouse, frankly, no rules. Uh, It's kind of the opposite. No rules, just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, but like, (laughs) And then oh, introducing when was the last time you got a fucking blooming onion. Uh, wait, I couldn't even tell you. It's been so yeah. long. Yeah. Um. But I think like I was always a bit of an Aussie cheese fries guys myself. Hell yeah. And that brown bread, forget it. Forget it. But I think when Rita Billings is introduced, 
Yes. That like when we introduce the character of Rita Billings, boogeyman hunter, I think things go way fucking wrong. Yes. <laughs> I, that I whole agree. That whole subplot in the, I mean, it feels extraneous anyway. Yeah. And then in, even in the context of like the theme of the movie, and I'm saying theme singular. <laughs> yes. It's just the one. It's just that one theme. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, no. In what no. in what version of trauma are you feeding people to your misery to try to like? Yeah, no. That, the, that's not a nor. That's not like a real human. There's nothing like recognizably human about that. I don't think. There's also like, uh, you know, if if we're going with the trauma monster metaphor, right? There is no sort of metaphor in feeding another person to your trauma, you know? Right. <laughs> like, it, do- it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It does not compute. Like um, I think the I think the Lester angle where it's like you isolate your so you isolate yourself so much that yeah. you like that is the thing that makes you vulnerable is like you're alone here so like even Rita being a character sort of undercuts that with him yeah. and then makes her thing is like a, it's weird too, because like, do so, you notice, uh, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we're not, we haven't set up Rita here. Right. So we, we talked about Lester, Lester kills himself in that closet, right? Uh, Rita is his wife, uh, played by Marin Ireland, who are your lads. And <laughs> it's, Pretty good joke. At a certain, it is pretty good. Uh, at a certain point, Sadie goes over to the Billings house, and at, at, like to, you know, sort of, uh, to like, almost like a it follows kind of thing. Like, see who, because that's another thing. Th- this movie that's is an, just sort of like cherry yeah. picking uh, things from other movies, but it's like, you know, the trauma of. Uh, the trauma that Lester experiences and causes the boogeyman, I guess, it uh, is passed on to, you know, Sadie and, and her family, right? Yeah. Um, but by no real mechanism. It's no, just sort not of like really. he goes there and then it spots them. See, okay. So, like, Which, here's the thing, right? Like, uh, Lester kills himself in the closet and Sadie ends up seeing it, right? Which would be traumatizing. Yes. But that's not the thing. Right. <laughs> it's the right. dead it, mom from before the yes. movie started. Yes, it goes for Sawyer first. Yes. So yes. what what are we doing? What are we what's doing? Go, what's going on? Right. We're, um, we're we don't have any sort of clear direction and like clear concise sort of story here with Yeah. And honestly, really just like if it were to cop it follows or it wholesale just like take one pick one of those yeah that's better that's still better because like here it's like um what's it what's the term where it's like you you go halfway on it it's just jack of all trading it i guess sure it's like yeah i don't know and it all adds up to kind of nothing right (laughs) yeah um so uh Let's, uh, I want to touch on some of the the bigger scenes, I guess. So there's a scene where uh, Sawyer has a loose tooth and Sadie, uh, you know, 
like we talked about like oh mom used to do this so they they wrap a piece of like dental floss around the tooth tie it to the door handle of the closet and she's going to slam the door and pull the tooth out right on three on three and she says one two and then sawyer says stop 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 and she does and she takes her hand away from the closet but the closet door slams shut because of one boogie man and the tooth pops out right and uh uh you know say uh, Sawyer's all upset. And, you, you know, I said stop, and say he's like, "I'm so sorry," and whatever. Like, I, I, I actually bought that because it all happens so fast, and like, you know, your mind is not like thinking about monsters, and you're just like, "I, I must have done something," and like, right. And you know I think I mean? that thought, the I, like, I must have done something, or there's something I could have done differently, does yes. feel very appropriate here, and like. Yes. They don't even say it, but it's like baked into that. And that feels, yeah, it feels earned. So when Sadie, uh, so then, you know, so uh, Sadie uh, goes with her friend Bethany to the Billings house, right? Um, The house is totally like dilapidated. She walks in and like, there's just shit everywhere. It's just like kind of a disaster. And then she like walks upstairs and there are candles lit all over the floor and she keeps walking. And then she runs into, uh, what's her name? I know Mary, uh, Rita, Rita. Yeah. Uh, so, and then she runs into Rita who's like, uh, she has a shotgun and she's like, what are you doing here? And blah, blah, blah. And whatever. Yeah. Right. And she's gone like, you know, full, like sort of hermit shut in kind of a thing. Right. Yes. There's and, also. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just no, going to no. mention the stuff growing on the walls. Oh yeah, yeah. Go on. Go on. Just uh, there's stuff growing on the wall. There's that's pretty much it. Boogeyman stuff growing on the wall. The, the house. The house is it, sort of infected with boogie tendrils, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of dark matter, or not dark matter, gray matter, rather. Gray matter. Yes. I was getting serious gray matter vibes from this. Yeah. I I could see that. Also. Um, uh, Good short story that it, would probably make a fun adaptation. If I only think that would make a really us, fun adaptation. If only we could license it for one dollar. <laughs> if only. Damn. Um, That's so sad. You know, his accountant was like, "We we can't do this anymore." Yeah, I mean, like for forty five years or so, he was doing this dollar baby program. Uh, the thing is, like, I don't know. There's no way it loses – it costs him money because it's like right. all the stories getting adapted are stories no one gives a shit about. No, They're I mean like, like it worked for so long. Obviously, like it had – you know, uh, whatever contract people had to sign to be part of the Dollar Baby program had to be airtight. Yeah. You know, like nobody was uh, making a, a shit ton of money off of, you know, buying the rights from Stephen King yeah. for a dollar. Uh, oh, Hold on, I have a theory. Yeah. He's an old ass guy, right? Sure. I think he's getting ready to sell his collected works or something, like sell the rights altogether. I mean, it's possible, I guess. Or lock them up so that his estate can handle them when he finally. Oh, lock and key, baby. <laughs> lock and key, baby. I don't know. There's something going on there, though. Yeah, how old is Stevie? 
He's he's got to be in his seventies. Easy. Seventy six. Seventy six. Your country was founded. Nineteen seventy six. Usually, when you've had some hard drinking and drugging years, you know, catches up with you a little bit. Yeah, it it can catch up with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he also has more money than God, I assume. That so, like, he could probably, you know, hit, you know, have a blood boy if he wants. Right. You know. <laughs> oh, that would be a good idea for a horror what story. If, what if what a if blood a blood boy, blood boy was haunted? Was haunted? <laughs> <laughs> the haunted blood boy. Yeah, that could be cool. Uh, oh, what if he started doing the thing? With Joe Hill, that that uh, rich guy does with his teenage son, where he makes him his blood boy. Oh my god! So he's just using like forty year old blood <laughs> to make him like he's like I have the the vitality of a sixty year old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like splitting the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That guy who is using his son for as a blood boy looks incredible. I mean, he looks great, but also that's. Uh, that's got to be one of the worst things you could do to your your child, right? <laughs> like to literally take their blood so yeah. you can live longer. <laughs> yeah, that I, is a horror movie in and of itself. What's his name? What's his name? Let's see. I'm here. I am googling rich guy blood boy. His name is Brian Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with the lead yeah, singer yeah. of ACDC. Oh, or the. Uh, 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 comic book man from Comic Book Men, the reality show, Kevin Smith. I don't. I don't think anyone would mistake the supporting character on Comic Book Men for a a, a billionaire. Mm. But yeah, looking at this guy, he just looks like the most. He looks like. But how old is he? He is forty five. He okay. So this guy is forty five and. What do you think he looks like? Uh, like- 42. <laughs> right? Because here's the thing. No amount of your son's blood can stop, <laughs> can stop you from getting weird old man muscles. Like, yeah. The way like, that they just yes. get like kind of lumpy and they're right, like your skin starts sagging. And like, no matter how many muscles you have and how big they are. The skin starts sagging around it, and you look like an old muscular guy, really? which is yeah. fine. But he looks like, like also the, he looks like the ghost son's blood. He looks like the ghost of a twink. Like he just, <laughs> I don't. He's also clearly wearing a lot of makeup. Like I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think he could save himself a ton of money if he simply just uh, got like Korean skincare products. Sure, it's really what he needs. It's what he wants. I, if like um, y- you know the term blood doping, you know what blood doping actually is. Uh, I don't. So, uh, what's his name? I was gonna say Louis, Louis Armstrong, but it's uh, <laughs> Satchmo's blood doping. <laughs> what's a uh, what's a bicyclist uh, Armstrong? Uh, Lance, Lance Lance Livestrong. L- Lance Livestrong Armstrong. Uh, so Lance was blood doping, right? He got caught doing that. And what blood doping is, is he would go into this like chamber, almost like a uh, uh, deprivation chamber, Mm. but it would be pumped full of oxygen, right? Just straight O2, baby. That's pretty, pretty sick. And he would 
like he would hyper oxygenate his blood and then they would uh they would take it out they would they would remove like whatever a pint at a time and that's and he so blood doping when he was blood doping he would take that hyper oxygenated blood and then just put it back into himself so it was his blood and it was just super oxygenated that's Uh, incredibly smart yeah no (laughs) like what a great what a brilliant way to cheat like go ahead test it all you'll find is my perfect blood and i'm sure i think you know he may have been involved in other stuff but like that's what blood doping is this guy brian johnson could just be doing that Mm. and that would be okay Instead of using his son as his his vampiric (laughs) victim. Like, that that boy is going to have... Yeah, I don't care if he's 22 or whatever. Yeah, talk about about intergenerational trauma, right? Yeah, he's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my dad used to take my blood... Actual my the thing that keeps me alive. He yeah. was taking it. He that guy. It's like saying he was taking my air. <laughs> he that guy is that Simpsons joke where Homer's like, it's every parent's dream to outlive their children. <laughs> Just made made flesh. Yes, he taught um, young flesh. Yeah, I'm not going to get into. Uh, I, I just started this book, uh, Generation of Sociopaths. And it's all about uh, the baby boomers and how they totally fucked the country. Sure. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, and, and this just feels like another, you know, uh, the, in the same vein, uh, no pun intended, as as this guy, Brian Johnson, stealing right. the youth's blood. <laughs> yeah. Having kids to um, basically ensure your social security income. Yes. In in. In, in, you know, as it were. Yes. Ah. Boogeyman. Ah. Boogeyman. Uh, so uh, we meet Rita Le- uh, Billings, right? And she uh, she sort of gives a little bit of like a background, but she, she doesn't know. She's like, yeah, it feeds on fear. It's um, doesn't you know, like I the light. Yeah, I didn't believe it at first. Yada, yada. She's got and like uh, floodlights all over the house. She right? does, which is weird because she is like shut in. Like the windows are like papered over. Yeah. So what's your what's your game here, lady? The the whole Rita subplot thing, like you said, it's dumb. Um, her approach to it is dumb. Lighting a thousand candles is dumb. Um, also, it's like if you okay. So her plan. Yeah, well, I'm gonna jump ahead a little here because I got yeah, gotta yeah. Talk, yes, yes. got to talk about this plan. So later on, she calls Sadie like runs out of the house because Rita like they're like standing there talking to each other. Sadie's standing with her back to a patch of darkness in the hallway, and right. Rita's like, "Don't move, don't do nothing." The booger, the booger man is <laughs> he's right behind you, and yeah. she just like pulls up the gun. And shoots it right over Sadie's shoulder. So yes. Sadie runs out of the house. And then Rita calls her uh, a little later and is like, hey, I think I figured out how to kill the booger man. You have yeah. to come. You have to come uh, here real quick. Um, so she does. And it turns out Rita's plan is to 
um, subdue Sadie and zip tie her to like a, a water pipe so yep. that the and user is bait. Um, yes. And then her whole plan is to shoot the booger man, which she's been trying to do the whole time anyway. It, I mean, like, it's a bad plan. It's a terrible plan. Yeah. And it'd be like, I think I finally figured it out. <laughs> which is like, like, you think about that, like her process of figuring that out was just like her sitting alone in this room and she's like if i use that girl as bait and i shoot the booger man will you know i think it'll work yeah so and if not then like you know try something else but no skin off my ass sure Uh, (laughs) so yeah i mean uh i i do want to touch on one thing real quick is uh when uh, Sadie's friend Bethany is like I want to have you know we want to do something for you we want to come over and like have a sleepover we, we want it to just be like normal times basically yeah. so they go over and they sleep over at Sadie's house and um, you know Sadie was like going through her mom's stuff and she found like I don't know a 30 year old joint it looks like <laughs> And she's like, oh, I have, uh, you know, the girls are like, do you have any alcohol? And she's like, no, my dad's not a big drinker, but I do have some actual drugs. And she breaks out this little joint and she's, you know, takes a takes a hit and immediately like starts coughing. Right. And everybody's like, "Ooh!" and then she like starts coughing for real. Yeah. And she goes to the bathroom. And she's like standing over or like kneeling over the toilet and she's like coughing and coughing. And then like she there's like a string Uh. in her in her mouth and she like she's pulling the string. And you and we know what this is. And it's the fucking it's it's her sister's tooth. tooth. (laughs) Oh, it's so gross. It's super gross. It's really, really gross. Which like it's gross and affecting, but it makes no sense. Yeah. Within this story. She's just carrying the trauma of pulling her sister's teeth out. Yeah, is that what I'm like, to understand? Just like I don't know. Well, minor. I guess that's what's happening. It's I also guess. the payoff for a scene which, again, like talk about copping aliens' stees. Yeah. There's like a what looks like a dream sequence that culminates in the boogeyman like pouncing on Sadie. Yeah. And putting like a tendril down her throat. Yeah. And Sadie wakes up and she's like coughing and she can't stop coughing. Right. Right. So this is the payoff for that. And it's just like a little surprise that the bo- the booger man left in, in her, uh, th- her throat. Why? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> but that, that, that's what it, like, if the boogeyman's whole deal is like killing kids for, again, we don't know what reason we, we don't know what the rules are. Like he's not killing you know, this creature is not killing kids to eat them or live or whatever. We don't know why he's, you know, it's doing this. Yeah. So it's really hard to sort of. Uh, well, it does seem like an eating them thing, right? Because when in like the climax of the movie, when Sadie gets, she's the bo- the booger man pins her again and starts like draining her life force out of her. Right. So uh, it, with- it won't. Like those little those worms are coming out yeah. of Sadie, like essence worms. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mist, steam. That's what it's called, steam. Oh yeah, yeah. She's steam. losing her steam, King Tropes. Yeah, and um, that even that is just like it's yeah. So even if we take that for granted, then again, I'm back to feeling like the movie should be about 
Will Harper, where right. it's like, because again, the boogeyman, like the, the, the beauty of the short story is like, it takes this childhood fear and sort yeah. of reveals it for what it actually is, is like a thing that adults made up because they're like afraid. They need their kids to be afraid of whatever danger. Right. Cause, and like, really it's their own fear manifesting in that way. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, man. I guess it's about both of them. I guess that yeah. means it's about both of them. But but that's not that's not a concise story. No. Uh, so uh, Rita, right? She she does her little plan, uses Sadie as bait, draws out the boogeyman. She shoots the boogeyman several times with a shotgun, <laughs> and she's like, "Did it? I killed the boogeyman." And then you know the boogeyman jumps up and attacks her, and which you know. Uh, Sadie's able to get away and it's funny like Rita is like Sadie help me and she's like no, no. I'm, gonna, I'm leaving <laughs> yeah no. f- fuck off um, and then the, so the third act right is uh, the, there's the scene where uh, Chris uh, Messina is at his front door he's holding Sawyer like up in his arms and stuff and um, the door is open and he's like, you know, Sadie's trying to call him. There's like, uh, you know, stay out of the house, blah, 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 whatever else. And then we see him like just sort of get pulled into the darkness of mm-hmm. the house. Right. And, uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we skipped over like the part where the boogeyman attacks Sawyer, um, but doesn't kill oh, Sawyer. Right. His whole Wait, MO. Right. Which seems like it's an easy thing for him to do. It's just like, you know, a child, just like kill the child. It does it all the time, I guess, for since forever. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, as as Rita <laughs> points out, like, right. What, you know, one of the the many flaws of of like contemporary horror movies is feeling the need to give way too much backstory to these things yeah um but yeah so So, that that scene that scene felt even that felt like very tedious because it's like yes uh it's basically doing the same thing as the therapist's office right right remember so there's a a scene where you know after sawyer starts seeing the boogeyman they it's like her and sadie are in therapy and the therapist wants to do who's Dr. Weller. She wants to do this thing where they like, she has this light that like it pulses, it It, pulses off. Yeah. yeah. Pulses dimmer and dimmer until it's completely off as a way of like helping kids like acclimate to the dark. Right. The light gets, you know, um, and obviously like as these pulses are happening, you see the boogeyman getting like closer and closer or whatever. And then we do the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like she's in the living room. She's like playing video games in the dark, which like, first of all, if you're scared of the boogeyman, why are you playing video games in the dark? Right. Like turn the lights on. It's frustrating to watch this movie and like all of the lights are off when you're like, you should like everything should be so lit up. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then if the lights go out. That's a scary moment because there's no (laughs) feeling of like, why don't you just turn the lights on? In this case, it's like the TV's working. Yeah. Um, You're in the living room, a common area. Yes. (laughs) um, 
that that's also yeah right like the it's right there like the dad is like let's stay out of sadie's way tonight yeah and you think that'd mean like hang out in your room right right put her <laughs> i like isolate isolate the child uh, make it scary like, yes right he he yes if you want to uh, turn up the the tension here yeah you put her you put the little girl in her room by herself right but instead what they do is have sadie uh sorry sawyer like looking you know back over the back of the couch into the darkness like down the hallway or whatever yeah and using like flashes you know it's like she's pressing a button on the game and there's it creates like a flash of light and that's yeah. like you know strobe lighting the room every couple seconds and she's like looking for the she's let's just say what it is she's searching for booger man yeah um and I did kind of like how there's like those two dots of light reflecting off of like that piece of furniture. You're like, that's the yes. booger man. And yeah. it's not. So that, yeah. But like that could have been something, right? <laughs> like, like you think about that, right? Uh, when you're a kid and it's dark in, you know, and you're scared of the dark or whatever, and you see like two little like beady looking eyes almost right and you're like oh my god that's so scary and then like you turn on the lights and it turns out to be just like the reflection off of something yada yada whatever right but like what if you know she like she flashes the light thing and you see that it's just a reflection off of something else and then when it goes dark again the eyes move they blink you know yeah something it's something like that's the thing that you should be playing off of with the boogeyman. It's right. the the fear of the dark. It's even though like when you turn on the lights, uh, the logical, rational thing is present in front of you. Uh, when the lights are off, you're you know the boogeyman is there. Right, and it doesn't matter if it's a reflection, you know, of the whatever. You know, when the lights are off, that's him. Yep, you know. <laughs> Um, instead though, we get Sadie saying, you know, basically, uh, yeah. So Will and Sawyer get like sucked into the darkness or whatever. Sadie comes running after them, find Sawyer hiding in a closet. She's yeah. like, we got to go get dad, not losing dad too. Right. Classic. Um, and Sawyer's like, what are you doing? You're nutso. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I saw this thing bleed. If it, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, and again, which is literally a line from Predator with Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they go into the basement, and that's- so well, Sadie goes down to the basement, and Sawyer is like hiding down there, and the boogeyman has Will like in its arms, like in its clutches, about to maybe kill him, maybe not, whatever. Um, but again, this doesn't make any sense if they're both in the basement, right? The boogeyman should not be toying with Will, maybe just kill him and then kill Sawyer. And then when Sadie walks down there, kill her as well. Uh, because he is like a demon mist, you know, mythical sort of thing. Unknowable, uh, entity. So, Right. Sadie walks down there. She finds Sawyer sort of like curled up. Uh, she Sawyer wrapped herself in Christmas lights, uh, which is uh, that's kind. That's like sort of a fun thing. 
like having uh you know the boogeyman can't be in light so she wraps herself in christmas lights is like a fun kid sort of way to fight off the boogeyman right um which i i liked that part mm-hmm. so but then you know boogeyman drops christmasina uh goes after the kids um there's this whole bit with like uh what like an aerosol spray can and a lighter yeah uh, yeah um what james bond movie is that is that live and let die with the snake ooh, i don't know i'm not a huge might. bond guy me neither turns out live, is live and let die is roger moore new orleans okay yeah, I, I haven't seen any of the Roger Moore Bonds. Oh, those are the good ones. They're silly. I heard they're very silly. I, I always liked the... the sh- I watched the Sean Connery ones when I was a kid. I liked those a lot. I thought that was like pretty badass. Mm. Now, looking back on it, it's not as badass. <laughs> not cool, man. Not cool, man. There's a lot of shit that's not cool, man. Um, um, anyway. Big Brosnan Bond guy. Of though. course, yeah. Of course. Goldeneye. I mean, Goldeneye is like in my DNA. It's, I mean, it's the only James Bond movie with Alan Cumming in it. It is. <laughs> that alone. Puts I it. mean, I the the movie is very good and very fun. And the video game is, uh, I mean, it defined a genre. Of course. <laughs> like, it, I honestly, I don't even know if the movie's good. I just, it's, you watch it and it's you're like, fun. you're like, it's ah, yes, like the video game. Yes. <laughs> Except again, you do get Boris and his yeah. little riddles. You yeah, sit yeah. on it. Fucking love Alan Cumming. <laughs> you sit on so, it, but you don't take it with you. I, I just watched um, Eyes Wide Shut. Tis the season. Mm. And Alan Cumming has like a short scene. Maybe he's in there for like maybe five minutes, but he's so good. There's so much going on with his character. He plays like a. Uh, uh, like a person at, at the front desk at a hotel and he's just doing, you know, he's, he's, he's there. He's just fucking given everything. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a, a national treasure, not our he, nation, of course, not the a, nation of yeah, Ireland. somebody else's nation. Yeah. It's like him, Marin. These are the treasures of Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, or is he Scottish? He's Scottish, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Is he? I, I, I believe he, I believe he is Scottish. We're gonna huh. look it up. We're gonna look it up. Is Alan going Scottish? He is Scottish, yeah. A Scotsman. Yeah. Like uh like Sean Connery before him. Wow. Alright. Wow. Threading Love the it. needle and moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so okay, we also like yeah. We get like a direct aliens kind of I mean so many movies do this, but like when yeah. Sadie wins and has her fuck you line. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. That actually is. <coughs> I thought of, unfortunately, Lock and Key season three when. Uh, uh, which you love. Uh, famously. You, uh, folks, he won't stop talking about it. May, may <laughs> angels lead you in, baby. Um, no, when Kinsey says exactly that to uh, Kevin Durant for three. Yeah. Yeah. As she kicks him into the pit. Yeah, what is in, she? Uh, 
I forget what she says. She but just says I'm, like, go fuck she, yourself or something. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. I think it's just like, fuck you, which is what Sadie says here. And Argo it's like, fuck yourself. Argo right? fuck yourself. Like, don't for, don't have that line at all. Cause like, no. again, <laughs> it's we silly. fully crossed over from trauma monster into just like, just monster, just monster. regular monster. Cause like, yeah. At no point in the grieving process <laughs> are you like, fuck you, <laughs> and then right. light something on fire. Right. Um, yeah. What is the thing? I forget now. Like her mom, the spirit of her mom, right? Like at a certain oh, point, yeah. she looks up a, a psychic and she says, like, All right, you can communicate with spirits by, you know, holding a lighter up and, you know. You could say, like, uh, spirit, if you're with me, you know, move the flame to the left. Mm. Which she... It's a good way to accidentally conjure the ghost of Beyonce Knowles. (laughs) To the left, to the left. That's right. That's right. What year is it? Um, But when... uh, So she has the aerosol thing. And that runs out. And the, the creature, which was, like, on you know, on its heels, right? It was, it was losing. And then the, the can runs out. What, what, what happens then? I've, she, I, the, I done forgot. The flame grows, just supernaturally grows. Oh, that's it's a, right. It's a Deus ex Zippo. And <laughs> yeah. that's it. The ghost of her mother. Um, yeah. Just, Makes the flame like very bright, which like scares, you know, like the boogeyman can't be in the light. Yes. So that's then, what the thing is. And then I guess she just gets another can of spray paint or whatever aerosol, and yeah. then just like sets him on fire. Or tr- oh it, no no that's what it is. No, that's it's, what it is. it's yeah. Yes. Okay. Sawyer finds a can of gasoline in the basement. It, it's like it, it's like um or like paint thinner or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mommy's a painter. Right. Uh, uh, and then like they they throw it all over this beast and light it on fire. And it just like burns up and in then, the flame. And then he also, as he did to the Billings house, has sort of has started like spreading his roots. You know, he's got yeah. those same like viney tendrils like climbing up the walls. So those, it's like black mold, but if black mold was a vine, mm. black mold vine. What is won't that? Won't you come? <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. mold, mold vine. What is it? Christmas. All right. Okay. <laughs> Christmas in Transylvania. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> now that's a holiday song we should write. Christmas. That's, is that too close to werewolf bar mitzvah? <laughs> no, I'm calling it. It's not. Okay. It's All a different right, so holiday. Maybe, all right, so look out. Next Christmas, it, it'll be Christmas in Transylvania. No, I can't maybe wait that long. I'm releasing this thing in, like, March. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the new Monster Mash. Uh, that's what I'm saying. We're we, we're overdue for a new Monster Mash, we're, really. We're overdue for, like, a good novelty Christmas song. Like, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and then the 12 Pains of Christmas are probably <laughs> the most recent, like, silly breakthrough Christmas songs. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it, uh, the Weird Al song, The Night Santa Went Crazy, does not have the cultural I, cachet. I love that song. I, 
I love it. It's so, so much. funny. I I the, he's got two uh, Christmas at Ground Zero and the Night Santa Went Crazy are two Weird Al Christmas songs, and I love them both. Equally. I don't. I don't think I know Christmas at Ground Zero. It's not about nine eleven, is it? <laughs> no, it's about a, a nuke being dropped. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it's it's really. Oh, nice. and it's it's in the style of uh, Phil Spector. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's it's really good. I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Weird Al's an absolute legend, but unfortunately, it's Christmas in Transylvania's time to shine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, could you imagine yeah, if it's yes. like, how do you thread the needle between like ho 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 and ah ah ah? Oh man, maybe that's just it. The joke is like, here we don't say ho ho ho, instead, they say ah ah ah. Right? That's a line in the song. That could be a line in the song, but we need to get right. someone else to do the accent because I don't want to get sued for defamation. <laughs> We need to get an authentic Transylvanian <laughs> to uh, to do this. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want him recording it at my place. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna let him across the threshold of mine. Yeah, I, I'm not inviting him inside. Uh, it, hey, <laughs> Imagine being from Transylvania, and that's like that's your legacy. That's the whatever what anybody knows about your country is like. You guys got vampires, right? <laughs> that is literally the same as being from New Jersey. And oh, yeah. having people be like, oh, like the Jersey Shore. Like, uh, oh, like oh, yeah, Tony, I guess now it's Tony the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I tell you I just finished The Sopranos? Did we talk about this? Um, I finished we, my rewatch, and goddamn, it's the best show on, that's ever been, maybe. It's a great show. I still it's think. It's definitely top three. Can I say? Yeah. I think I like Deadwood better. All right. So. You know, I, I don't want to like put any sort of time frame on this, but I am going to start watching Deadwood. I okay. need some more sort of uh, prestige. Uh, yes, prestige yeah. television. And yeah, I, I finished The Sopranos and I was like, fuck, where do I go from here? Like, do I just start The Sopranos <laughs> over? <laughs> like, I think. But no, in the I'm way that Deadwood. in the way that The Sopranos is about the end of America, Deadwood yeah. is about like the rise of America. Hell yeah! It's, oh man, so they they're like bookend, they're like books bookends of each other. Yeah, kinda. Um, Did you watch The Wire? No, no. Oh man, I'll watch The Wire. But you here's gotta, the yeah. Here's the thing, you gotta watch Deadwood because I I'm, I'm gonna because I'll I watch Deadwood. Watched Deadwood. At your recommendation, I watched Deadwood, so now at mine you have to watch Deadwood. You watched a two-hour movie. I gotta watch an eighteen-hour thing. But yes, uh, yeah, One, that's fine. Yeah, you're gonna love it. It's it's gonna. I, I know I'm gonna. It's love gonna it. feel I, like ten hours. I'm telling you. I listen. I'm totally on board with Deadwood. I'm gonna watch it. I, there's not. It, it's really uh, the only reason I haven't watched it so far is that it's. It just seems like kind of daunting. Like uh, there's a. But I would say watch it with watch the pilot with subtitles for sure because they are okay. doing some Shakespearean cowboy speak that is a little hard to. Lock yeah. into if you have the same processing disorder I seem to have. <laughs> um, All right, but here's what I'll say. Yeah, Brad Dorif is <sighs> cooking. 
He's like, does he play Wild Bill? No. Um, oh, okay. I forget who I, plays I could, Wild Bill. I could I could picture Brad Dorf in Deadwood he, though. He plays like the doctor who he's like the town doctor. Yeah. Who um, is he like hooked on morphine or something? I believe <laughs> he's hooked on morphine. Uh, Wild Bill is played by Keith Carradine, by the way. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, he's great. He's also great. Um, but Brad Dourif is like, he's like seen some shit. He was like a Civil War doctor. And he's, okay. he's just like very angry and intense about getting people to take care of themselves <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like doing what's right. Uh, in a, yeah. he's, he's so fucking good on that show. That's really a All caricature right. of what he's doing there, but it's so good. Such How many seasons, show. what, three seasons Deadwood? There's two and then the two. movie, I think. Okay. I think did it's you just, watch the movie? Is it three? Maybe it's three. I did watch the movie. It was fine. It's, you know, it's like, um, it was better I I, than I, I think it, than I certainly, it is three seasons by the way, but, um, okay. It's better than I expected, but still it doesn't live up to the it original. Did, it sure didn't yeah. need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, King I, alum on I that feel, show, by the way, uh, King alum, Molly Parker, uh, who is Molly Parker? She was in God. What's that? Oh, movie? that? Thomas Jane, where he pushes his wife down the well. Nineteen twenty-two. Ah, that she's okay. the the wife who gets pushed down the well. Okay, or stabbed and then thrown down the well. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does she play one of the uh, sex workers? In the- no, she plays this rich lady who Ooh. moves to town. And her husband is like murdered by some like uh, moneyed interests acting yeah. through bandit proxies. Um, they want they want his fortune, which is going to her. Yeah, um, I gotta tell you, westerns. Like when I was a kid, westerns seemed like old timey and whatever, and I wasn't really into it. But I really think that like at least modern westerns, like from the like sixties on. Mm. Is just this like, uh, it, it it's like this snapshot of like different points in American history, yeah. Where we're like trying to form a country, yeah. and like, yes. you know, all of the awful things along the way. You yeah, know? it is. It's sort of like the, yeah, it's the raw materials. It's like yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, it, there's no window dressing. It's just people. Right. Doing like, the uh, the same shit that they do, but just totally unencumbered by bureaucracy or whatever yes. else. Yeah, I I watched um, I watched High Plains Drifter recently. Clint Eastwood directed, uh, where he's like, he just comes back for like a revenge kind of thing. But even in that, even in like a Clint Eastwood Western revenge movie, there's still elements of like the, the beginning of you know, uh, American capitalism yeah. and all of these things. Same thing with like, uh, McCabe and Miss Miller with, um, Warren Beatty, mm-hmm. right. It, it's all about capitalism. The early bits of like, you know, bigger businesses coming in and like fucking over the little guy, Rob, you are going to love the TV show. Deadwood. So all right. Much. All right. That all right. is, I'm in, I'm in. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> oh man. We should do that. De- we should do Deadwood after twin peaks for no, for seemingly no reason. It's totally unrelated I mean, to yeah. 
us. To any, I mean, maybe. Maybe maybe it's not. Maybe, you know, moving forward, we get into some Western kind of things. We could do that. Yeah, I mean, the future. We could do anything. To quote. This is, we only, after this, after this boogeyman, we only have one other Stephen King movie. And it's Judd Crandall with abs. Right. Smoke show Judd Crandall. We should probably take a few weeks to sort of meditate on that. Like a few episodes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. One episode for each ab. (laughs) So it'll be an eight pack. (laughs) Eight abs. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I, so I was thinking though, like, I do like the idea of doing like a Deadwood run or something, but mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking of a, a more drastic pivot. Okay. What if, feel free, you know, just put the kibosh on this, but what if we did reviews of fast food chains? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You're um, in? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait a second. If that's obviously, ha ha ha. I like it. But also, if we had done that eight years ago. Jesus. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. Um, Honestly, if we'd done this but stuck with it, like not taking the breaks. most obvious year off. Sure. <laughs> like the the worst year to not podcast. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's true. We, it, things may have been different. Things may have been different. I'd, it's true. I'd be several inches taller, thirty pounds lighter. <laughs> I'm sure of it. All right. Um, let's wrap up this boogeyman here. We still have to do segments and whatnot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the movie so, movie ends. They light them on fire. They burn their house down, and they're like, good. Yeah. Glad we burned um, the house down. Yeah. And then the last scene takes place in uh, the psychiatrist's office, the therapist's office. The, ki- the the kids went to earlier. Now Chris Messina is in there with him. He's also trying to deal with his sort of uh, guilt and trauma and, you know, um, uh, grief over his wife's death. Um, along with his kids, they're all going to go through the same thing, like this healing sort of thing together. That's that's sort of what the thing leads off on. Was the- and then uh, Chris Messina, you know, he's uh, holding Sawyer's hand. They're walking out and Sadie's behind him. And then she hears the doctor call her back and she goes into the room. And this, again, is sort of like the uh, short story where... Um, you know, the therapist calls whoever back into the room and the the closet door is slightly open and uh, Sadie like slowly walks over to the door and you're like, is she going to open it? Is there going to be a boogeyman? Yada, yada. And then she just closes the door and then fucking cut to black credits. We're done. Hey, OK. All right. This was this movie bankrolled by BetterHelp. <laughs> if you don't go to therapy like, you will literally burn your own house down which like better help is a bad company yes <laughs> it's bad it's it's honestly more like worse help yeah it hey no cap <laughs> i mean no, yeah no like uh this is all parody this is not uh this doesn't count as um you know defamation or anything but 
BetterHelp is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I I've never experienced it. I don't really know much about it, but I believe that it's terrible. Um, unless, you know, maybe there's some way you could get 20% off your first session using the code KINGME at checkout. That might, <laughs> that might change how I feel about them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if they want to be a sponsor of this show, by all means, please. <laughs> and uh, we and will if they don't now. Talk, talk that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into segments here. Segments. Uh, this is... Oh, that hurt my parts. Oh. Oh, that hurts my parts. Oh, that hurt my parts. Dan, yeah. what hurt your parts the most about this this here movie? What indeed? It's got to be the whole Rita Billings thing. It's just yeah. so unnecessary. Um, it it's it's a distraction, like. Her whole deal has nothing to do with Lester. Like it almost seems like she doesn't know he died. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they have it, nothing. It to really do with, makes no sense. They yeah. have nothing to do with each other. Um, and yeah, it just like it changes the to- it totally like derails the trajectory the movie's on. Right. So for me, I think what hurts my parts. I hate to say it, mm-hmm. is who are your lads? Marin Ireland as Rita Billings. Yeah, um, I think she does a, a good enough job. I've seen sure, her in other she's things, fine. and she's, she's fine. very good. But like, yeah, the, the that whole storyline, that yeah. plot line is just not not great. No, she is an alum from a movie we've talked about on the podcast recently, which is Hell or High Water. Oh well, yeah, we mentioned it. We haven't done that. Yeah, that's that, why uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's an alum of a a, a friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, what hurt my parts the most, I gotta say, uh, even with like, I don't know. I really don't like the third act. I think there are like major, major issues with that. But I gotta say, like the. Uh, the creature design itself mm. is just not for me, man. Yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, it's it is totally like replacement level. It feels yeah student uh, project. It, like that's something someone designs on like what was that reality show on Sci-Fi where they did yeah like, you know it's like Face Off I think so, yeah that might be it I think that's but it. like. It, 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 right, Face Off, which is a reality like competition show about like makeup artists. If the creature was an actual guy in a monster suit, maybe I would feel different about yeah, it. Yeah, I might be charmed a bit. Yeah, I might be charmed. Honestly, should have just been yeah. should have just been the Moonlight Man. Just let everything <laughs> be the fucking Moonlight Man. Please. Oh my god. It just comes up licking your feet. Oh, 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 I forgot about that. That sent a chill down. One of the spine. most. Dis- oh my god, I'll never forget that. That's one of and, the most disturbing fucking images. <laughs> and you know what? I'm gonna throw in another part hurting, and the part of yeah. mine that got hurt were my uh-huh. ears, because the uh, fucking sound design on the jump scare. I am so sick of it. I'm so yeah. sick of the just like in just like the the sound spikes like the deafening fucking crashing sound stings yeah 
you have to be riding the volume control the whole movie. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I, and like beyond that, it's just like, it's such a cheap pad on your oh, shitty well, yeah. jump scares. Like, yes, it, I, by contrast, I think that like when they cut to the moonlight man, like in her feet, yeah. There's no sort of musical thing that happens. You just hear him licking her feet and it's horrible. Ugh. And he's so scary looking. And it's yes. just like a perfect, terrifying moment. This is not that. There's just like, and they do so much of the, like, they put those sound stings in when nothing scary happens, but they yes. want you to think something scary happened. Again, <laughs> film, a visual medium. Use <laughs> right. what's happening on the screen. All the stuff, all the boogeyman and the shadow stuff, like you said, like the creepiest stuff with the boogeyman is when he yeah. just kind of like skittle scattles across the back of the yes. back of the shot. And it's not when it's just like in your face, bah, bong, bong. I mean, <laughs> the oh man uh, going. I mean, I guess this is more creature design stuff. Do but it. Like, do it. The. You know, the, that, that bit that I liked where the thing like just scurries under the bed, right? And like you and, and the, the little girl, she like rolls the, the, the ball, the light up ball under the bed and you see like just a glimpse of it, right? Uh, Should have kept with that, with just like glimpses here and there and whatever. Um, But also wouldn't it would be fun if the thing did shapeshift if it did like maybe like it it's a creature that like scurries across the floor and then goes under your bed or it's you know uh like a a nine foot tall like just guy yeah or something you know so like it could be anything that's scary in the dark yeah you know i think that may i think that makes a lot of sense too right and it's like I did think they were going to do something like that where like she sees her mom in the basement and then it turns right. out to be the boogeyman, but it's not. It's just her mom for a second. Right? <laughs> right. It's like her mom's ghost that she sees, which totally again, like that is the same as like showing us a drawing of the boogeyman before the rest of the movie happens where it's like, yeah. OK, so when mom when mommy becomes the Zippo, like I'm not <laughs> caught off guard at all because I know that ghosts are real. You already right. told me. Yes. Yeah. It's it's yeah. uh it's a little frustrating. And it is it is frustrating too that like this, you know, this movie uh cops elements from so many classic movies and the thing is like the one classic horror movie it doesn't cop it from. No shapeshifters. Yeah. Damn. Um damn, but it wasn't all bad, right? Uh, <laughs> I should say not. Yeah. Um th- this here is shining moments. Daddy! You go first. <laughs> so, I, like I said, I, I, I like when the, I like, honestly, I like when you can't see the creature. I like when the creatures, you only see the eyes in the dark, right? The scene where she gets locked in the closet, when her friends, yes. like, play a trick on her, and she is, like, She's in the closet and then they like slam the door on her and it's just like sort of pitch black and she's stuck in there and you just see the eyes come up 
I thought that was really creepy. And then she like runs away from it. And then like it's behind her in another spot because it's it's only it's in the shadows. It's right. in the dark. It's not over there or over here. It's anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I I really I thought that was like sort of the last great moment. Last, I'll say last good moment in the, the movie mm-hmm. was just like this you know all right we we still know what we're doing this it's still in the second act and we're we haven't like totally blown it yet <laughs> um so i think that that whole like sort of closet scene or whatever i thought was very effective i agree that was great um i also like what was i gonna say oh shit i kind of lost it oh no what me losing it yeah, yeah i know i know Maybe I just don't like this movie very much. Uh-oh. I mean, it, that's that's I, possible too. I, I like when she spills her cream chip beef on herself. That's funny. <laughs> when she her her like her pot pie filling that she brought uh-huh. for lunch. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I did. There are a couple like this was a thing. I was kind of like the. It's a bit of a motif, but it felt like something that doesn't really amount to anything and I, I was kind of disappointed by it but like uh-huh. thinking about the shot with the where she rolls the moonlight under the bed or whatever right the way the camera just like flips upside down that uh-huh. happens in another spot too and like I don't know yeah I don't know I kind of like it it's like a cool disorienting thing uh-huh. but like so many other things in this movie it just doesn't really amount to anything it's just like I, I agree with you I think I, I liked that shot too. I I thought it was like it was interesting, and it's like oh we're like, uh, you know like it's sort of like, we're messing with like the kids' perspective. Right. We were at this one angle, and now we're upside down and whatever. Um, I thought it worked really well, but like you said, I it doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, I think there are a lot of like, uh, fun sort of cool ideas that are planted in scenes. But it feels like they're disjointed, that they're not connected at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do King Tropes. King Tropes. King Tropes. King Tropes. If you say before you just say so, we'll add it to our running list of King Tropes. Why are all the children always evil? Why so many one letters for people? King wanted to. Why are all the children always evil? King wanted to. Why so many one letters for people? King wanted to. Why there always going to be a greaser? King wanted to. You just need to trust. This guys go to bloodline device. I drive a great distance just to die. Just to die. King tropes. King tropes. Not the penultimate segment, but the penultimate time we'll hear it. Oh shit. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. Luckily. There is the beginning of a Flanagan tropes song. That's true. I have to find the episode where where it played so I can <laughs> figure out what the it was. It was ah, uh, and we got a Beansy. Uh, we got a Beansy. What's new? Let's check in with uh, Beansy as part of King Tropes. Uh, King Tropes, Beans Tropes. <laughs> Uh, um, let's see, flatulence. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. High fiber. Uh, Just kidding. Oh, 
King Tropes. King Tropes. King Tropes. Um, dead Parent. Dead Parent, yeah, wh- definitely. Uh, hold on. Let me bring on my thing uh, here. Monster that preys on fear and vulnerability, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, sucking the essence out of mm. a person. Yeah. Thinking, you know, Dr. Sleep the Steam. Yeah, huffing Steam. Uh, huffing Steam, baby. Um, it bullies with no empathy. Yeah, that- really like sociopathic <laughs> bullies. Um, really fucking locking, like, locking her in her dead mom's art studio. Fucked up. Really man. fucked up stuff. Um, I also think there's like, uh, so basically like, like the monster, I feel like the best execution of this monster and this plays into a trope is like the outsider. Yeah. Kind of what we wanted from this was the outsider. But to that, I say, that's, I mean, maybe that's just another example of a, a Wendigo-esque guy mm. who, who feeds on your, your suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, um, that's all I got, really. Um, it, it, the movie is very derivative of other movies. And I'm sure that, like... You know, like uh, the it follows of it, you know, passing on mm. the trauma to other people, whatever. But uh, I don't know. That's all I got as far as King Tropes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I. You know what? If if we if there's any King Tropes we missed, um, well, sound off. Sound off on Twitter. dot com. <laughs> on on X. Excuse please. me. Well, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Let, let's uh, do. Uh, 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 well, I guess this is the penultimate uh, time that we'll, we'll be doing. Where we're Slimer? Yeah, yeah. This is where was Slimer? Where was Slimer? All right, I forgot that this segment is hosted by a a Southern gentleman, a Colonel. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> your host Colonel Colonel Robbie Colonel of Chicken <laughs> one Chicken Colonel. Um, uh, now listen. Yeah, now listen here. Uh, now, now here's what's now, uh, here's what's uh, gonna go down uh, of of New Jersey. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting the I'm, vapors. I'm fanning myself from the swampy New Jersey heat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have not acquired. Air conditioning, quite, <laughs> quite yet. Um, yeah, what, uh, did, did you see any slimers up in here? Up <laughs> in this bitch. I guess a bunch of paint running out under the door can be kind of slimy. That was a little slimy. Yeah. Um, did I, but did, I would have liked if the creature was maybe slimy. More onion-headed. Yeah. And for that reason, we must bang the gavel and declare, no slimers. Uh, there were no slimers present. <laughs> That was really slimer. I do feel like we're going through a dry spell. I feel like there haven't been any slimers in a few few weeks. I know. We only have one more King movie. Oh, he better be there. I hope he's there. He better be uh, there. Um, but this brings yeah. us to our penultimate segment for the penultimate time. No, this one we'll probably keep. Yeah, we'll probably keep. Who knows? One. Maybe. Oh, wait. But we also have our... 
our letterboxed segment, which has no name. The, yeah, we're going to focus more on the letterbox thing, I think, after Stephen oh, King. Okay, you don't want to write a review. No, I mean, we can. Okay. But, it, it, you know, we'll come up with a whole, like, uh, a drop, etc. <laughs> Very cool. Um, uh, so, so, what do you want to yeah, do first? Do you want to go through the IMDb? Yeah, right? Because we did it the other way last time, and it didn't make no fucking sense. Yeah, let's do the IMDb first. Okay. Uh, 40,000 sold. Oh, wait, this is IMDb where we compare our opinion of the movie against the weighted average user score on IMDb.com. 40,000 souls. Uh, vulnerable, fearful, trauma-stricken souls. Logged on to IMDb.com and awarded The Boogeyman a weighted average user score of 5.9 out of 10. Rob, I'm just going to say it. I think for me, that's probably too high by 1.9 stars, maybe even 2.4 okay. stars. You're going to give it a, uh, what, a 3.5, a 4? Maybe a 3.4. I'll say 4. You, you, so any even 4, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It'll fluctuate, I, but I think it's mo- I'm mostly a, fl- a 4. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was going to go 4.5. Or a flat five. So I'm going to say five just because you went four. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think it's completely like like we've watched movies uh, that are unwatchable. I think like any like you could never recommend it to anybody. But if somebody was like, hey, did you see the boogeyman? Uh, is it any good? Be like, it's OK. Like. I, I wouldn't say like, oh, you should definitely stay away from that. You'll be bored as shit. Uh, it's just fine. It's whatever. <laughs> right. It's totally middle of the road. I wouldn't say, you know, there are a couple exciting moments, um, but that's all you're going to get out of this. Something I might recommend to someone I have a low opinion of. Be like, <laughs> oh, I bet you'd love this. Yeah. I might. If, if there's somebody that uh, I just want to waste their fucking time. <laughs> If, you know, like the worst thing you could do is waste somebody's time. That's all they have, you know, uh, to quote, to quote a certain uh, insult comic dog. This is a great movie for me to poop on. <laughs> so with that in mind, yes. on a five star yep. rating system, as yep. as is present on letterboxd.com slash King pod. Yep. What are we thinking? Two or two and a half? Um. When I rated this, I gave it a two and a half. But you, you could, you know, if you want to give it a two, that's fine. I think, I think, I think we should round up in the spirit of um, supporting the arts, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So we'll yeah. say we'll say two point five out of five. All right, two point five. It's right down the middle. Um, um, so, and our review. Can I start us off here? Please, please. What if trauma? Was the monster? Color me <laughs> surprised. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to do. Okay. Safe. Um. <laughs> and we did it. <laughs> that's it. We did it. I think in the future, um, this is a lot of prep. This is more prep than we're accustomed to doing. Yeah. Would it be sick if we each prepared like a short review and read it to each other? Oh, we could do that. That would be that would be fun. 
we do yeah. like a little written thing and we surprise each other. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So you're you're hearing this in real time. We're we're just discussing this right now. Uh, that's I, I like that. We'll uh, we'll we'll have to do that for moving forward. We'll do that. Um, I I want to just real quick on Letterboxd. Uh, you know, I follow a bunch of people. One person, um, Will Weldon. Uh, oh yeah, wrote a review. <laughs> the review says uh, in in like quotations cocked cocking gun say the monster is grief again i dare you i double dare you <laughs> wait what movie is that uh that's for this movie is it really <laughs> yeah wow that's that's amazing um i oh anyway all right new year's resolutions yeah. for 2024 do the letterbox segment do it right yep um yeah, we'll we'll work out the the bugs. Imagine if we got like guests too. That's too ambitious. No, I mean I think I think we could probably get guests after this. I like how this this boogeyman episode is our longest episode <laughs> ever? ever. Oh come on! <laughs> well, that's because this was also our Deadwood episode. That's true. There are our cowboy movies. <laughs> Yeah, we went off on a lot of tangents yeah. here. This is how we this is how we stay relevant in 2024 <laughs> by talking about the talking the about- long dead genre of cowboy <laughs> movies. Yeah, talking about westerns, which you know I think uh, Gen Z love westerns. Mm, Gen, what's the new one? Uh, Alpha. Gen Alpha. Or or just uh, is it Gen Alpha? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I went to high we'll school. Sort that Gen out Alpha. at a later date. Um, I went to high school with Jennifer right. Alpha. Oh, this, uh, <laughs> Jennifer Alpha. Uh, she was in the, the Fantastic Four. Movie. Sweet. All right, this is, uh, <laughs> this is uh, our final segment. Show's over. Show's over. Show's over. Bye-bye. That's it. I got to go now. It's almost 9 p.m. And we started this three days ago. Okay. All right. Until next time, um, of course, I am Dan. Gagliardi. Uh, I am Rob Avon. Dan Gagliardi. Stephen King. King. Nah.